0: Hello and welcome to Ono oh Ross and Carrie, the show where we don't just report on from science, spirituality, and claims of the paranormal, but take part of ourselves.
1: Yes, when they make the claims we show up so you don't have to. I'm Ross Potter.
0: I'm I guess by process of elimination, I am hmm. Carrie Poppy now. I knew it. Because each name has it. to come up. I knew it. You forced me into
1: it. I could sense it this whole time.
0: Maybe you're psychic. Maybe Mm -hmm. you're a psychic Mm -hmm. medium. Maybe Mm -hmm. you're like John Edward.
1: Oh, the guy we're talking about today. Yeah. Again. This
0: came up at uh, Camp Quest West, which I just came back from. Oh, yeah. Welcome back. I was at last week. That was uh, super fun. Had a whole week away from work, off in the woods. Uh, doing other work. Yeah, doing other work, but a totally different type of work. I am program director there at Camp Quest SoCal, and it was super fun. Nice. Another great year, but it was fun. One of the activities that I was helping lead was a demonstration of cold reading techniques.
2: Oh, fun. For the kids. Okay.
0: So I came out one day, I was Esmeralda. The next couple of days, I was Ormus. I would give a reading to the children. You know, pick like little areas and say, "Okay, I'm sensing over here. One of you had an argument with your parents before coming to camp. (gasps) Mm. Wow! One of them raises their hands. How did you know? (laughs) uh, That's fun. Yeah, I got a particularly good series of hits with one kid who I can't remember why I started reading them, but I said, "I sense you've got a good friend at school. Someone that you're thinking of. Yeah." And uh, oh, and you you like to play sports together? Yes.
1: Hmm. And this is this wouldn't work for me. Oh,
0: really? Okay. Yeah. I, yeah. I can't remember the other specifics, but this kid was very impressed. And then afterwards, when we were kind of like discussing, so oh, what well, well, resonated with you? Yeah. Said, well, just the fact that you knew that Simon, my friend from school, had come with me to camp. And oh. Said, oh. Well, I didn't know that, but I love <laughs> that you gave me credit for it. Simon, where are you? Well, there was Simon sitting right next oh, wow. <laughs> next to the child. Says, so oh, Wow. Okay. Well, hey, that worked out really well for. Me, and that's what this is about. Yeah. Affirming me as a psychic reader. Uh, Anyways, (laughs) so it was just fun because I had John Edward fresh on my mind. The reason I brought this up was because one of the counselors was there and said, Oh, can you define the difference between psychic and medium? Okay. Like, why do you need to say both? And I know we've deconstructed this on the show before, but a psychic is generally someone who has a connection to the beyond or the other side or like some sort of additional information that they are open to and Mm -hmm. can channel through to you while a medium specifically talks to people who have passed, who have died. So medium is kind of a clarification on psychic. I don't think you can be a medium without being a psychic.
1: I think that's true. I do think it's a little redundant in that way. Though I wonder if the average person would know medium immediately off the bat if you didn't say psychic medium. Mm -hmm. You and I would, but
0: and apparently, I feel if like there's
1: psychic is the more common. If there's term.
0: more than one of them, they're not media.
1: So true, so true.
0: Well, that's it for our show. <laughs> okay, so we've left you at the John Edward VIP event I've been telling you about that happened at the Burbank Marriott Hotel across from the airport, and we. Just cleared out the riffraff because it's time finally for my VIP party. I'm all excited. I'm gonna. Oh get yeah,
1: to, unce, unce, unce. yeah. I'm gonna get to yeah. ride in the limo,
0: go hang out with the disco ball and John Edward, take pictures. There isn't it's,
1: really a limo, is there? No, oh, okay. no.
0: But this is in my that mind. That would be exciting. And what's in my mind is much better than what happened.
1: <laughs> okay. Yeah, that makes sense.
0: So the remaining hundred of us with our orange wristbands with the wrong date on them are all sitting around looking at each other like, well, "What do we do now? Where do we go?" And how um, many
1: were there total?
0: Like three hundred twenty-five. Oh. fish people
1: so a, a third of the people here are very important
0: Yeah, that's right. Yeah, that's how it works Okay, because they paid a little more money. Yeah. So Rebecca, our Spitfire lady, comes up and kind of corrals us again. Okay, you should all have the orange wristbands now. And uh, we finally got the air turned on. I guess it was hot. I don't know. Mm. I I can't remember. Oh, yeah.
1: Ross doesn't register when things are too hot. I was fine. Uh, No surprise. Uh, Ride in a car with Ross sometimes, every (laughs) single one of you.
0: And feel (laughs) free free to tell Ross, (laughs) can I turn on the air conditioner? You tell him
1: he'll let you. Yeah. He'll let you.
0: And he won't notice the difference.
1: Or, or he'll appreciate it. He'll
0: be like, you know what? That was a good call. Thanks for turning there on the air. There you go. All right. I should do that sometime. <laughs> uh, I mean,
1: it's great. It's better for the environment that you don't notice. Sure. Yeah.
0: She did a little more of her crowd work tinged with sarcasm because she was telling us about what was to come. Another thing that we're supposed to do as VIP members, because we filled out our forms and we've turned them in like we're supposed to, we're going to, eventually when she gets time, not right away, don't pester me, we're going to send you an email to sign up for the Evolve Mm. group on johnedward.net. Okay. So that's going to be your exclusive year-long membership to Evolve. Okay. And we're going to send you a book and all of that's going to be great, but make sure to keep an Eye out for that email and then sign up. Also, we're going to have an exclusive event happening in May. But if you've got a question, be very specific about where you attended and when, because we're moving all the time. And this one lady, she once wrote me and just said, my tickets, question mark. And I wrote her back, yes, question mark. So
1: that is an annoying email to receive.
0: Sure. We were warned not to be that lady.
1: Okay. Yeah.
0: Okay, So now we're ready for John Edward to come back. So he's had like a few minutes break. And he pops back out of the door, you know, right behind the stage. And we all, you know, clap, 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 clap. clap, clap, clap yay! Clap, 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 clap. Big applause. You know, we're very excited. He's just done this very long reading. It's been very impressive. Everyone has a very positive recollection of how that reading went. Sure. Everyone who isn't me, but, you know, I don't know. Maybe that's not true. Yeah. But was um, your
1: impression negative already? Like, even without reflection and looking at your notes and everything?
0: Yeah. My reaction was, he's good at this. Mm. Like, even though. If you asked me to list the people I like least in the world Mm -hmm. after some political figures, he'd Mm -hmm. be high on my list.
1: Oh, wow. Okay.
0: And yet being there, I didn't dislike him. You know, he plays the crowd well. He seems jovial. He's got this really interesting balance between sincerity and snarkiness that he's constantly seesawing back and forth on. Um, You
1: like people like that. Yeah.
0: (laughs) It's like his way of dealing with a crowd is it's interesting. It's engaging. But as far as his cold reading went, I feel like he didn't do. Much of anything that made me think like, oh, that had to be a hot reading. There were only a few moments where I was like, oh, that was a good hit.
1: Right. Like, I see.
0: Like, you know, we'd established a Ron and then you said, who's the other Ron? Ronnie? Ron Jr., his son. I was like, oh, okay, that's pretty good. You know, yeah. every now and then there was one where I was like, oh, wow, does that need hot reading as a, an explanation? But not enough that like I came away from this going like, wow, that was so precise and impressive. But it was the delivery, the way that he was yeah. able was able to take what I would say is just, you know, obviously competent after 37 years, a, a cold reading performance, and make it feel even better than I think it was. Mm-hmm. I think that's an extra talent laid on top of yeah. his baseline talent. Interesting. So, so I would say my impression at this point is like, yeah, this guy's really good. He knows how to work a crowd. He's got his shtick. He knows how to manage things that can go awry. Yeah. Okay. Make them feel like they're not. So we'll get in a little bit later into an analysis that I did of some of his statements. Okay. All right. But the first thing he does is as he comes up, he says, all right, I need each one of you, and I'm going to have you do this as well, Carrie, to pick a number between one and nine. Okay. You've done that? Yeah. All right. Well, hold on to it because okay. I'm going to tell you what that means later. He's going to tell us all what that means later. Okay. He just has us pick that number and says, remember it.
1: Okay. So Am we I do. not supposed to switch? I'm tempted to switch.
0: Mm-hmm. He's going to say, nope, hold on to that first one. Okay. And I lean over to one of the gals next to me and, and mentioned, I bet most people pick seven. Mm-hmm, and I just mm-hmm. wanted to register that. So when it happened later, she'd be impressed. And I think she said, I pick seven.
1: Yeah. <laughs> that is the most common one. Yeah, the, the, it's one of those standard tricks magicians like.
0: There's a number attached to that, like the percentage of people who pick seven, but it is yeah. much greater than the
1: Average of one out of nine. Exactly. Yeah, totally.
0: It's a good way to go. And so I picked something different.
1: I did not pick seven because I had the same thought.
0: Yeah, <laughs> can't do seven. That's yeah. predictable.
1: I am a woman. I am not going to think of the Queen of Hearts, the most common card women think of.
0: <laughs> exactly. I just have this
1: little list of like the really obvious ones, and I will not be doing that.
0: I'm going to pick the Three of Clubs. Oh, I <laughs> fell into James <laughs> Randi's trap.
1: <laughs> We're referencing uh, James Randi, the famous magician and activist. Mm -hmm. Who would love to point out these kinds of tricks. And yeah, women, if asked, women were more likely to say the queen of hearts than any other randomly chosen card. And men were more likely to pick the three of clubs. Is that right?
0: No, it's just- I thought it was
1: the two of spades.
0: Oh, okay. The three of clubs was one that he would work into a lot of his routines and Penn and Teller does now too. Ah. It's kind of like a fun, magical-
1: Oh, callback. Yeah,
0: callback. It's just like, oh yeah, that's our fun little card that we- Use that sounds random. Oh, but okay, cute. It's our in joke.
1: Yeah, okay. I Me. think
0: it's on somebody's tomb somewhere as well, where you can, oh. y- like, you go to a physical space and you find like the three of clubs, and that was the answer to the problem that was Got set up it, in a forced choice earlier on. Love yeah. It. Anyways, so he was going to take more questions from the audience now. Yeah. And said, we'll come back later with the numbers that you picked. We'll do an exercise with your guides. Okay. And I see your guide with you here, Carrie, so that's great.
1: Ross is looking at the air above my head. Mm
0: -hmm. Um,
1: Feels normal, feels good, moving on.
0: (laughs) So a really hard-hitting question right off the bat from my perspective, the right side of the audience. Someone asked, would you do another TV show? And John Edwards says, Well, yeah, if it doesn't feel contrived and like the right opportunity comes up, then yeah, the answer would be yes. Which is funny because it sounded like from the question, the thought was just like, he only doesn't have a show because he doesn't want to do a show. Or,
1: Oh, uh huh. Uh-huh.
0: At, at a moment's notice, if he decided, I want another show, he could have that
1: show. Oh, right. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm.
0: I don't know how true that is. Somebody else then asked him, How do you decide which spirits to talk to?
1: And he said, Yeah.
0: I don't, they do. Sure. Yep. That's all directed by the spirits. Yeah. He said that he gets pulled literally to a section. So
1: kind of a brilliant question. I never thought about it. Yeah, if you really just have this like direct speaker box to the great beyonds, there Mm -hmm. should be quite a lot of clatter of someone being like, get out of here, John. Gabriel needs to talk to Sally.
0: Yeah, and it seems like he often nods to this sort of elbowing and jostling that happens in the spirit world.
1: Mm, Okay. And
0: it'll often take the form of him saying like, oh, yeah, that womanly figure in your life, oh, that's your aunt? Yeah, because I feel her like... Telling me, don't listen to anybody else talk to me right now. Oh,
1: okay. So, all right. He's already developed this little mm-hmm. uh, thing I've got going on in my head. Okay.
0: little mental image of yeah. yeah, what's happening there on the spirit side. And it's interesting. He also described a physical sensation attached to that pulling that feels like a blast of cold energy hitting him.
1: Oh, interesting. Yeah. From the behind or the front? I guess it doesn't matter.
0: But yeah. I'm picturing it from,
1: from the behind if it's like pushing him toward the audience.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Is it like, oh, there's a there's a wind and it's a nor'easterly wind. Yeah. You know, that, so I got to look that direction where the wind's coming from. Yeah. I don't oh, know.
1: from. Interesting.
0: Or, t- or toward. Tor- yeah.
1: We need to know, is this a tornado or is it a gust?
0: <laughs> it's enough that he can't does ignore it. Does
1: it suck or does it push?
0: <laughs> yeah. Does it suck or does it blow, John?
1: Yeah, exactly.
0: These are the questions we need to know. Yeah. And then he inserted a little reminder also that the spirits also kind of, I don't know, somehow orchestrate so that the message that he's giving to this particular relative will be applicable to other people nearby as well. So
1: How kind of them. Yeah,
0: of course. There might be a message for you, even if you didn't directly get called on.
1: They're able to orchestrate all that, but not to get across. My name's Mary, not M. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Great.
0: And I think he was trying to take a certain number of questions from each section, and he started kind of turning toward the middle section where I was. Mm. And so I just raised my hand very energetically Ross is
1: raising his hand.
0: And thankfully that got his attention and he yeah. turned to me to ask the next question. Nice. So you predicted the type of question that I would ask. And oh, you said,
1: okay, what'd I say?
0: You predicted that my question would be a quality control question. For example, how does he spot bad psychics?
1: Oh, okay.
0: So here's my question. I said, most of us have jobs with governing boards or certifications. <laughs> what What is it like being in the psychic world without those controls? And what do you, what do you do when you see other psychics doing things you disapprove of? And has anyone
1: 11 years, folks? 11 years.
0: Has anyone ever tried to correct you about what you do? Wow. So you got the best reading of this whole event. Uh, Well done.
1: Thank you. Thank you. Yeah, you're right. All you have to do is know someone and talk to them hours and hours and hours for over a decade, and you too can cold read them.
0: So, yeah, right on the money. (laughs) It was exactly a quality control question.
1: Whereas if I were there, I'd be like, are there horses in the afterlife? Are there dogs? What about cats?
0: Carrie says holding a dog.
1: Yeah. I'm always asking about the animals.
0: Yeah, yeah, that's right. And I probably would have predicted that for you. Yeah. Which would have been Jermaine. And I've heard him answer that question many times. And the answer is yes, the animals do follow us into the afterlife.
1: Okay. Of course Oh, they, they follow us. Um,
0: I feel like there needs to be that human energy, but yeah. they get included in the afterlife. Okay. So yeah, I've heard him answer that multiple times.
1: Well, then I wouldn't ask that.
0: So he got very excited by my question. He said, oh, I really love your question. And again, one of those ones where he's like, oh, no one's ever asked me that before. He's like, yeah, that's right. There is no governing board. And he really, Mm -hmm. he he loved that phrase, (laughs) governing board. Yeah, there's no governing board. Mm
1: -hmm. Maybe this whole thing is not well controlled.
0: (laughs) Yeah, I always want to... Because I figure no one's going to self-incriminate, you know, it's uh, pleading the fifth kind of thing. So I could be a dick and ask a question that's like, how do you sleep at night? (laughs) But I want to give a little nod to the fact that I see a plot hole here. Yes. But how do you see this whole situation? I allow them to be broad about it, but I at least insert something that could lead them to a more self-critical question, ideally, if I can form a question like that.
1: Also could potentially give them... Room to hoist themselves on their own petard.
0: Indeed, yes. Because
1: this person on the receiving end of the question has to come up with an answer that feels satisfying to you Mm -hmm. and doesn't make it clear that they are not following those guidelines. Right.
0: So he said that he wants to say that he sort of represents that, not governing board, but sort of a bit of quality assurance. Oh, God. Okay. When he works and teaches by teaching what not to do. And he-
1: Okay.
0: He- kind of went back to sort of like the what he sees on TikTok and other psychics doing things on TV says like, you know, sometimes I want to call things out as bullshit, but I don't want to go after individuals and start a little flame war.
2: Uh
0: I want to comment on the process. And then, you know, my comments on the process will maybe then clearly apply to other psychics.
1: Hmm. Okay.
0: so he says teaching about his own process is more impactful than going after individuals. But clearly there are things he sees that he doesn't like. In the psychic world.
1: Okay. Not a satisfying answer.
0: For sure. He he spun it into a positive for himself. But of course. Mm -hmm. What else would he do at this event?
1: Sure. Yeah. Well and also his process is not. Meaningfully different from any of these other mediums. Mm-hmm. He just stands there and goes, I'm feeling an N. I'm feeling yeah.
0: a I remember him earlier. like He said something that I saw as sort of a shot across the bow of Teresa Caputo where he said, you don't just go into a supermarket and accost uh, right. people with psychic readings. Sure. So, you know, I think there's little things he'll see other psychics do that he thinks maybe is rude in its implications. Yeah. Or just not a proper peddling of the craft. Mm-hmm. And so he'll he'll have those little notes, essentially, little correctives.
1: Ah, uh, okay. This is starting to sound more like the Christians who are against proselytizing to people who don't want it. A Sort of like, I don't like the tone of that. I don't like bombarding people. But if you happen to come to me for my service, mm-hmm. then... All bets are off. There's no more quality control to do here.
0: Oh, sure. Because I've been doing this for so many years and, you know, I've already improved my own readings and occasionally he'll point to something that he used to do Mm. and own to like doing it better now. Yeah. So, you know, there there is some improvement, quote unquote, going on, at least in his own estimation. True Uh, of us all. So he mentioned also that an astrologer came to him a few years ago and said, you know, you're... Coming into your Dumbledore years, mm. which was a reference to Albus Dumbledore from the Harry Potter series. Mm-hmm. Uh, Is he
1: the one who you can't say their name?
0: No, that's Voldemort. He's the bad guy.
1: <gasps> you said it! You tricked me. You
0: can't you say it! You tricked me into saying it. You
1: can't say it! <sighs>
0: Sorry. Yeah, we're all going to die now. You said it. And by the way, we're mentioning Harry Potter... For some people, we should put out that uh, we are both very pro-trans.
1: Because <laughs> we mentioned Harry Potter. Because we mentioned Harry Potter. <laughs> yeah, the woman who created Harry Potter. I get, is kind of a transphobe. That's true. I
0: get emails about it, so oh, let's wow. make it clear.
1: Okay.
2: We, okay. We, we
0: do not share that opinion of J.K. Rowling. Yeah. Which you know, just to say, it, it was a big letdown that she did that because the books really do yeah. feel like they are about accepting people who are not accepted. Yeah. So it felt like a like a double betrayal there. So just want to say that. Moving on. So that insulted John at first, being compared to Dumbledore, because he's the old wizened, the headmaster. Yeah. And that's astrologer, then sort of clarified it for him, and he sort of owned it like, oh, yeah, I guess I am the elder citizen. Now it is my time to be a teacher and improve things. So this
1: guy's only like 55, right?
0: Yeah, but he's been doing this so
1: long. Yeah, that's so, uh, true. It's funny, though. Like, that was your sort of going in impression was like, I can't believe this guy's still at it. And so many yeah. of our listeners had the same impression. Like, wow, is
0: still out there.
1: I didn't have that reaction. When you said you were going to go see John Edward, I was like, oh, cool.
0: Yeah, okay.
1: yeah I don't um, I wonder why that is. Anyway, go on.
0: So, yeah, there's no governing board. And he went off on this little aside thing, again, kind of self-congratulatory. But he said, when I was on TV, I was very difficult to work with. And yeah, I was like, okay, where's he going with this? And he says, because I would say that these are events and you're televising them. But you can't produce them. So I don't know. It was some point that he was making about the nature of the event. And you can't produce it because this is a natural thing. You're just capturing a live event. But I think about reports that I've heard about how heavily edited his shows are. Okay. Which I 100% believe after having seen this live event Uh that if you cut down his interactions with people and only keep the really good moments, Mm -hmm. looks great.
1: Yeah. That's why the
0: show's so effective.
1: So maybe he didn't like that?
0: Well, he wasn't even... Acknowledging the editing that goes into it. But I just thought it was rich when he said like, you can't produce mm. this event mm-hmm. to mm-hmm. the producers of the show.
1: Right, right. Maybe
0: that's why he doesn't have a show right now.
1: I feel him though.
0: Anyways, that was his uh, that was his answer to my question. And yep, you were exactly right. Mine was all about <laughs> quality control.
1: Now I'm remembering me making that prediction. I would totally ask the same question. I think that's why I predicted it. Yeah. <laughs> um Because it's kind of the only thing you can really get them to comment on without basically a Klieg light going on your face and like, who's this? This guy mm-hmm. it's just barely, barely skims the surface of thinking skeptically about this.
0: Yeah. And he didn't start reading me or seeing my dead relatives oh, right. nearby. But it seemed like he was out of that mode now. We're just in VIP mode. We're right. answering questions. We're having a little conversation. No disco ball. No uns uns music. No hors d'oeuvres.
1: Boy, this guy loves a Q&A though.
0: Yeah, he really does. Yep. That's his deal. Huh. Ask me a question. Oh, that, he
1: should start out by being like, "I feel a Q. Who has a Q? Do you have a Q? <laughs> I have an A.
0: Well, yeah. Where's it's, there's an A coming in? <laughs>
1: oh,
2: <my> god. <laughs> I, I'd be proud. Of I him. would appreciate that. Yeah. <laughs> I was just gonna say,
0: <laughs> my head is off, sir. <laughs>
1: All
0: right. So, a question four was from a woman who asked about soul contracts, and if he encounters like people who don't hold up their end of the soul bargain. And mm, exactly. he, yeah, it felt like a little insider language. Like mm-hmm. she was responding to something I hadn't heard that maybe he's talked about in his other media. Yeah, I don't know.
1: Sounds linguistic.
0: Apparently he felt similarly because he said, well, that one's hard to answer because it's so individual. But he seemed to understand the soul contract question enough to make an analogy to... Like us all being on this highway together mm. and everyone has to get off the highway at some point and it's just like which exit you choose. Oh, okay. So. okay.
1: so I've heard soul contract to mean basically that the people who you share your social life with are people who in past lives you've also shared your social life with mm. and you're bound by this contract. Like Ross and Carrie are bound by a contract to know each other mm. Probably in a friendship-like capacity for the, you know, the rest of time.
0: Oh, yeah. We probably knew each other in a past life. Oh,
1: absolutely. Weren't we in battle together or something? Yeah, I think so, according to the
0: lady who said you were Cleopatra or one of her assistants. One of
1: her assistants sold into sex slavery. And
0: then we noticed later that there was a big mural of Cleopatra Cleopatra (laughs) right outside the window. (laughs) Yeah, 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 yeah. Next question was, how do you decompress? John Edward decompresses with food.
1: Oh, interesting answer. Okay. Yeah,
0: he says he doesn't eat a lot when he does this, meaning his readings. readings. And then later on, he can be like, it's my time to eat.
1: Okay. All right.
0: And then they also asked, how do you block out energies? And he says, I'm a master of blocking out energies.
1: Hmm. Oh, that's interesting.
0: And he took this more in like the physical realm because he said, if he hears negative voices, say on his Twitter feed or his TikTok or whatever, he'll block them.
2: Oh, uh-huh. If
0: there's an option to block them or mute them. He said he was debating with some other astrologer. He said, no, don't mute them and like try to preserve their voice. Like, Just get rid of them. Block them. Mm, so,
1: okay. Interesting.
0: Yeah, that's, that's where he- one way to
1: handle that. That's
0: yeah. the energies he was thinking about.
1: Oh, yeah. Okay. So he didn't extend that to like spiritual no. energy? No. <laughs> so someone's like, how do you block energies? He's like, there's a button for it. <laughs> yeah. It's right there on Twitter. Yeah.
0: I mean, I think he's carved out this perfect little space for himself where he can have- interactions and choose to only interact with people who are into his thing Mm -hmm. and support his thing. Mm -hmm. And he's made it very awkward for anyone to kind of call him out on it. Yeah. Because he can just choose not to engage.
1: Yeah. Okay.
0: Yeah. It's good to be the king. All right. So the next person asks, if there are multiple marriages, what happens in the afterlife? And I love that question. Oh,
1: yeah. Yeah. Jesus answered this.
0: Because that's always awkward for especially Mormon families mm, mm-hmm. like if you remarry yeah well, yeah what happens in the afterlife because you're you know soul bound to these
1: yeah people.
0: so that got a good laugh from the audience and uh, the person continued like does everybody hang out are they all together <laughs> like
1: is this a polycule yeah, tell us
0: fa- families get pretty complicated yeah. so he enjoyed the question he told a little anecdote about like a wife who said that she knew exactly when she was going to pass mm. and he's like oh well when and she said, on his birthday, like pointing to her mm. husband, so he'll never have another happy birthday.
2: Wow. Yeah,
0: right? Them Aggressive. Wow. And apparently she did. Again, this is like one of those pastor stories where you're like, did this really happen? Right, right. Did that actually follow through the way? You know, like, did he check in on them regularly to make sure she died the day she said she would? Anyways.
1: Was this a suicide?
0: Yeah. So that was just his little way of saying that interpersonal hijinks continue into the afterlife and yeah, the conclusion was something along the lines of, you know, there's no end to the surprises that we can find in the afterlife relationships. Feels like you totally dodged that question.
1: Yeah, interesting. I also then I'm wondering, it seems to me like he believes in reincarnation. So, how long yeah. are we in this afterlife? What's the system there?
0: Yeah, I would love to see him kind of forced to. Give some real yes or no answers on some of these parameters of the afterlife Uh interactions. Because, like, I think earlier, even in this session, or maybe I heard it in a different Q&A he did, but he was saying something along the lines of you can even kind of coexist in the spirit realm and reincarnate. What? We're like... Yeah, it almost sounds like your soul's kind of split, but you're inhabiting a body, but you're still kind of like within the timeline of the spirit realm. (laughs) Okay. I feel like that's Uh. just a tool for him to have more accurate readings.
1: Yeah, I mean, and then it's like, well, then why aren't people getting messages from themselves? (laughs) Like, he should be like, Carrie, you have a message from you.
0: Yeah. You know,
1: stop trying to play the banjo. You're not good at it. You know, like something that my older self knows about.
0: It all feels so hazy and ill-defined.
1: Yeah, definitely. And we were talking in the last episode about how he says everybody who dies is fine. Mm -hmm. And I was Mm -hmm. texting this to you afterward. This presents a problem for his Christian fans. Yeah. Because... Christians, especially American Christians, mm. believe in hell. Yeah. Hello. How are you fine? If you are in hell, how does this work?
0: So my thought on this is that- you don't talk to him. What's that?
1: Maybe the people in hell don't talk to him.
0: Oh, sampling bias. He there just, we go. He doesn't know because he doesn't get to talk to the people from hell. That's it. We that's saved him. That's a good him. point. <laughs>
1: Jesus saved, so do we.
0: That's it. All right. My thought was, and that's, that's valid, but <laughs> my thought was that Thank he- <laughs> knows that the people who would be really doctrinaire about the existence of hell would also remember the part of scripture that says you should not suffer a witch to live and you shall not consult with mediums. <laughs> like we
1: just won't be there. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, I think there's I think that's exactly his thinking.
0: So like for people like my sister, for whom the existence of hell is very important, very established, she would never be caught with John Edward in a room if she could help it.
1: Totally. So
0: yeah, I think like Teresa Caputo does a very similar thing where, oh, it's only positive. Yeah. And there's a lot of Americans who would even identify as Christians who I think feel that way as well. Totally. There's no yeah. hell. So that's
1: what my mom taught me growing up was she told me about Jesus, she told mm-hmm. me about heaven and she's like, There isn't a hell though, by the way.
0: We're gonna be talking to someone on the podcast soon. Mm-hmm. We've got a really interesting interview coming up and we should bring that up as well because okay. that's an interesting part of their story okay I, I feel like whenever he makes one of these statements about the afterlife i immediately feel like oh this is adding to a theological thesis yes because it has to be compatible with how we feel the universe operates and yes. how the spirit world operates and how god operates
1: you're already engaging with this at a deeper level than he probably ever has <laughs> but i agree
0: right right and like sylvia brown the psychic she formed her own little religion kind of toward the end of her life. And I feel like Mm -hmm. he could, but he's just not interested in that. Mm -hmm. So he just says enough pleasant sounding things and hopes that nobody compares those notes and tries to hold his feet to the fire.
1: Right. Yeah, I think a lot of people are just a little too nice to become cult leaders.
0: Mm -hmm.
1: And he sees that line in the sand and he says, no, thank you.
0: Yeah, he's like, I got my thing. It's working for me. Yeah. I don't need to go there. Yeah. And if you try to push me there, I'll just push back and say, Yeah, no um,
1: thanks.
0: It's not my deal. I don't do that.
1: That's not, of course, like to let him off the hook. Like, he is not developing an internal logic to his Mm -hmm. reality. And people might take his beliefs that he's asserting as fact and run with them. And that could change their lives in ways he doesn't anticipate at all. Yeah. So – Even though I think he sees that line in the sand, I don't think he even realizes how close he Mm. is to it. Mm
0: -hmm. Yes. And I think you and I would point that out as being a potential danger of this approach. And what he does is that, like you say, people are going to take this really seriously and those beliefs have consequences. Yeah. It affects how they interact with other people and decisions they make in their lives. Yeah. He's leaving
1: too much up to tone. Like, yeah. well, if I just present this as sort of, like, not a big deal, don't think about it too much, people mm-hmm. won't. And it's like, no, that's not how anything works. Yeah,
0: yeah, If you yeah. tell us
1: facts, we run with them and we learn new things about those facts and we add things to them. And yeah, so the facts better be true.
0: Yeah, we talk often on this podcast about consistency-seeking behavior. yeah. You know, we're big yeah. consistency seekers. Oh, mm-hmm. well, you said this thing, but you also said this thing. How do we... Fit those together,
1: and we also know this other thing from science. Yeah,
0: and I feel like he's a little allergic to that. Like, ah, mm-hmm. don't don't try to bring everything together all in one place and make all the pieces fit. You know, because they won't. Like you said, the, <laughs> here's the tone. You know, and the make yeah. of it what you will. Yeah. But the next person who asked a question was kind of in the same vein as we are and wanted to clarify with him about reincarnation. So you're saying that happens? Yeah. And he pointed back to I guess he had mentioned this earlier that he himself wondered when his mom died or still wonders will she still be there when he dies like will he miss her if he waits too long to die and his mom won't be there anymore because she has now oh, moved into a new body reincarnated
1: yeah wow okay yeah
0: so he <laughs> kind of breaks it down for us well reincarnation the carne part is carne flesh. <laughs> yeah, yes related that is flesh as well mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Uh, so reincarnation is to go back into the flesh again true and he says that you know when we're here, we learn, we evolve, and then we come back to this lifetime later to learn and evolve some more. Mm. He said, "Yep, yeah, I know that reincarnation is real." He doesn't want to get to the great beyond and have someone say, "Oh, you just missed your mom; she's back in some new body." Oh
1: yeah, that would suck so bad.
0: And so he went to a top researcher. Oh, I would love to know who this <gasps> top. Re- if he'd asked. Answered my raised hand again, I would be like, who's this top researcher on the afterlife? But this researcher said to John Edward that the soul can exist in two different places. Oh, good. The woman who'd asked the question said, okay, so part of me could already be with my friend who passed? Mm -hmm. And John Edward said yes to that. And when we're sleeping, we can connect on the astral level. So that's part of it too.
1: Ah, dreams. So there you go. Like
0: all of this has really strong implications, like we're saying, to a theological system. Yeah. Yeah. And I wonder what John Edward would do, like if he'd read autobiography of a yogi. Would he agree to all of that and be like, yeah, that's true with all the levels and the layers and yeah, that's just a layer of specificity on top of what I'm saying. Right. Would he agree with the Bible? You know, like feel like he would just be so resistant to getting pinned down on this.
1: Yeah, I don't think he'd answer any of those questions.
0: So then the woman To my left, I think I've been calling her Chrissy, she raised her hand and got called on.
1: Okay. Oh, the woman right next to you. Yeah, right
0: next to me, one of my new friends. So she said, well, I have a question about your perspective on the times we're in. Okay. The consciousness of the planet. Okay. I noticed that there's a lot of women here. True. Because she and I had been talking about that. We'd been evaluating the audience. Mm. She didn't really finish that thought, but she said, and I'd like to get your thoughts on the world we're in and the consciousness. Mm. (laughs) So I think she had some bigger thought in her mind and it just didn't come out too specifically and she never paid off the woman observation. Yeah.
1: Okay. The vibe there feels like we are uh, evolving. There's like a certain segment of society that's a little more spiritually aware. Of course, it's more female.
0: Yeah, maybe. And I also felt like there was a tinge of the world's not in a great place right now. Right. Can you talk about that? Mm -hmm. Anyway, so, you know, he ran with it. He was fine with that question. He said, Well, we're living in a high vibrational-
1: Yes, vibrations. Yeah. Here it is, 5D.
0: He doesn't go here all the time, but he's happy to. It's a raw, nerve-exposed energy.
1: Oh, okay.
0: And people are highly sensitive. So I think along the lines of what you were saying, he was answering like, yeah, we're all very spiritually on edge here. There's energy being boiled and the frequency is doing this. And he makes all these like erratic motions. Mm. And he says, as long as you're coming from a place of community- and not finances, that's where we're going to improve the planet.
1: Oh, okay. So need to
0: focus on community rather than making money. Okay, cool. Kind of,
1: yeah, am. can sign off on that. Okay. Did she seem satisfied with that as an answer?
0: Yeah, and afterwards she asked me, like, what do you think of my questions? Oh, Very good.
1: <laughs> Ross is giving a thumbs up.
0: <laughs> he went into one of his other stories of an interaction with a different psychic who, like, I think it was like that first psychic or one of the early psychics who – wouldn't give him answers on, like, how to do things and just said, you're going to find your own way. Mm. And he felt like that was really frustrating because he felt like this psychic was a vampire who had bitten him on the neck and then just sort of left him alone.
1: Damn.
0: Yeah, meaning, like... I've inducted you now as a psychic, yeah. but I'm not going to tell you how to do it.
1: Interesting for someone who gives such vague answers himself, but okay. And feels like
0: an elder statesman for others giving them advice. Yeah. But he said, actually, I'm really now thankful for that because she was right. You know, as, she
1: oh, I wonder if it was Sylvia Brown.
0: <laughs> that would be amazing. I think he might have mentioned that if that were the case. But he said, like, as a society, similarly, we need to get ourselves. To a healthy place. And then Mm. I feel like he kept sort of restating Mm. this in many other ways. So that was the basic message, though. We
1: have to get ourselves to a healthier place. I'm trying to connect that mentally to the woman's advice to him. What's the connection there?
0: There's no set advice on how to do it, but we need to find our way.
1: Okay. Together. Oh, wow. Very yeah. yeah, that is frustrating, John Edward.
0: <laughs> yeah. I feel like you're a vampire who just bit me on the neck. Yeah,
1: kind of. left me on my own. Yeah, it's kind of like, to put it even in terms of something I care about. Okay. When someone's just like, climate change is a disaster. And then that's the whole message. Mm-hmm. And it just amps up my anxiety. Okay. But I have nothing to do with the anxiety. Oh, yeah. Or a way to act on the anxiety. Even though I agree disastrous. Mm-hmm. Yep. <laughs> like, if you're going to make me this, I don't know, amped up about <laughs> yeah. seeking the solution, please yeah. at least have a suggestion. Even if it's just like, that's why we got to use paper straws, like
0: something. <laughs> sure. That's funny you say that. And I immediately think of a couple friends that will message me anytime they see like some really negative news, Mm -hmm. related to any of the spheres that we share Mm -hmm. and just kind of like well this happened and so and so is upset about it okay Mm -hmm. yeah what do you want me to do or say yeah i don't know i don't know what the proper response here is yeah yeah okay
1: i'm not saying there's no place at all for just like someone's freaking out especially if you've got like a big platform like that like i don't know Think about it for five minutes, John Edward, and come back to me with Yeah, something.
0: he went off on this for a while, and I felt like he was just kind of saying a lot of platitudes. One thing he did say that might add a little more specificity is that we need to raise the level of information so there's a lot okay. of uninformed people okay. out there. So. There you go. Get the word out. Get okay. more information yeah. out is the implication.
1: Raise that awareness. Just keep raising it. Just keep raising it.
0: Oh, here's a fun little aside from John Edward. He said, another word being thrown around is woke. And the people who think they're woke are sleeping. <laughs>
1: oh, wow. Wow, 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 I know exactly who this guy is now. Okay. So, so anyone, cool, who, cool, 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 cool. anyone
0: who thinks they have the information doesn't know that they haven't done the work. Which is weird because he's also oh. telling us to raise the level of information. But I guess if we think we have the information, we're wrong. I don't Maybe know. he's
1: talking about the Dunning-Kruger effect. Where <laughs> <laughs> if, uh, if you know a little bit, you feel like you know a lot.
0: Yeah, actually, that, that kind of ties in with a little story then he tells us an anecdote. He okay. says that he met his wife in a dance class and he very quickly learned how much he didn't know about dancing. So mm-hmm. we got a little bit of Dunning-Kruger yeah. tie in there.
1: Okay, yeah. Oh, okay, because he thought that he knew more Walking into the class. Okay. Yeah. Okay.
0: Uh, Chrissy next to me then said, well, is it going to keep quickening this whole acceleration of...
1: Ooh, I love the word quickening you. Yeah. Okay.
0: The universe in our milieu. Mm-hmm. So he, here's where he went a little more. Okay, let's go spiritual with this. And he said, yeah. "Well, it's all in Pisces right now, and then it's going to be Mercury in retrograde."
1: Mm-hmm. This <laughs> doesn't need explaining. I get you. So we <laughs> just need, kidding? What
0: we need to be open to what we don't know. Yeah, I had no idea what? what any of that meant.
1: What everything's I, in Pisces? <laughs> what does that and, even mean? I need to
0: be open to the fact that I have no idea what he was just saying. <laughs>
1: To, uh, what is he saying that's the constellation we're under right now and if so does he mean
0: and for how California? long
1: California. what does he mean I, uh t- t- i don't mean know anything. what the time
0: scale of that was yeah that felt like a whole lot of nothing to me
1: yeah when was this event
0: this was on april
1: 27th it, oh wow this is right after my wedding yeah um, that's why you oh, weren't that's there that's right that's right uh, yeah I wonder if we could look up the stars from that night over we, Los Angeles and see could. if Pisces was even anywhere near us
0: I have just the app for it
1: here we go Ross has an app for that
0: it's called Stellarium it's awesome it's worth the one time cost
1: I'm glad you have a solution site. I, I could sense there was one but I had no idea where to begin
0: okay let's take this out of night mode because it's not night okay So we can choose a specific time and look at the night sky. So let's go back. Okay, we're going to go to April 27th at... Let's see, what time would this have been? It all started at... All right, so this was uh, maybe around 9.30 p.m.
1: Okay, in beautiful Burbank.
0: Because we were about 15 minutes into the Q&A. Okay, let's see. Okay, there we go. So now... There you go, Carrie. Uh, look freely about the oh, night shit. sky.
1: Oh, I have to know what Pisces looks like.
0: It'll it'll label it oh, when well. you get anywhere oh, near it. Oh, My it.
1: God, this is cool. Isn't it a great app? Yeah. Whoa. I'm turning away from the microphone. Sorry.
0: It shows you real placement of all the stars and labels them. If you click on one, it'll give you more detail and Whoa. it's magnitude. And, oh, that's really neat. Uh, okay. It's so distance far, and light not years.
1: Pisces at all? It has to be somewhere, right?
0: Oh, okay. You know what? Uh, bonus feature here. I'll show you. Okay. So you can actually bring up a little search window and say, "I want to see Pisces," and it oh, will—it will point you where you need okay. to go. Okay. And you can look through the Earth if you need. It's so cool. I love this app. I've got a few different startups, but this is my favorite. Okay. So search, and then I say, P I S C E S. Okay, Pisces. Okay. So as we were having this, oh, it was down through the Earth. Okay. okay. Here, here, follow follow the arrow. It'll, okay. it'll show you where Pisces is.
1: I'm gonna... Okay. You see, Wait, the Pisces.
0: arrow's kind of showing you where to oh, angle I the see, camera. I see. Okay. Until you hit it. Carrie's looking down through the Earth.
1: Oh, there it is. Yeah, that's like through Australia.
0: Yeah, what does it mean that we're in Pisces right yeah, now? The, I don't know.
1: This is... Okay, I expected... To be like, okay, fine. It was sort of overhead. Not even that. (laughs) No. It's not even in our hemisphere. What do you mean we're in Pisces?
0: (laughs) Good question. Okay. So then the next person who was called on to ask a question started to comment on an earlier reference he'd made to a murder. I'm like, I think that was for me
1: Oh, from
0: the main performance. Yeah, okay. And he immediately said like, no, no, I'm, I'm going to have you save that. <laughs>
1: this poor person. <laughs>
0: <laughs> because you know what? Maybe we'll interact again. There might be a future reading. I don't want to taint that at all. So just hold on to that.
1: He just doesn't want this to devolve into that. but Of
0: course. He's learned what he can and can't do reliably and make part of his show that yeah. he wants to be part of his show. So he's going to put a stop to that. And
1: he loves a Q&A.
0: Yep. So, he's done with uh, reading. But sort of the explanation was, well, I won't be able to connect as well next time. So save that. Mm, <laughs>
1: that murder. Interesting. Okay. That's so frustrating for someone who has a murder in their Family or social sphere. Oh my gosh.
0: Yeah. And he had more of those kind of managing expectations reminders about, well, but you should have learned other things from other people's stories. And, oh, right. you know, you'll see small things in your life. Those will also be additional signs unto you. Mm. Uh, anyway, so he, he moved on. <laughs> Who has a different so question? Frustrating.
1: Well, meanwhile, someone else gets a reading that's like, Janine wants you to find the watch that's in the closet.
0: <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So the next question was one I liked. And it was just, what exactly is it that you see?
1: Great. Love it.
0: Excellent question. Love it. And he said, okay, well, when I'm talking to someone, preferably I'll look at like a surface that's blank, like a wall behind them. Mm. And then the imagery is superimposed on top of it. Mm -hmm. And it's in my mind's eye. So it's not like a floating hologram or anything like overlaid on top of the real world. Right. And so he'll often talk about symbolism, especially when he gets something wrong. Then he'll tell us, because I'm seeing... A blue rose, and that means this right, to me. Or, right, right. I, I'm seeing the interlocked rings, and usually that means a second marriage, but it could also mean this other thing. Let's try that. Oh, that works good. Yay. Yeah. Yeah. He gets like these little pictures.
1: This matches what he was saying earlier. I kind of buy this much mm. that maybe this was the kernel of truth where this all began, is that he's like a little synesthetic or something. And he just kind of sees in shapes. Yeah. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Yeah. So my mind was still kind of hovering where we were earlier about, I want consistency with how you see the whole spirit realm. And I thought I'd found a good question to sort of resolve that a bit that I thought might get an interesting answer out of him. So I was eagerly raising my hand again, hoping I'd get called (laughs) on a second time. If he had called on me, my question would have been, how far back in earth's history would we have to go to encounter the first human souls?
1: Oh, yeah, yeah.
0: I want like a year, buddy. (laughs) 6,000? How many generations, Edward? How many?
1: I was thinking that just when you said that his site was called Evolve, I thought, okay, so, you know, is he taking his stance for Evolution, My Natural Selection? And (laughs) if so, like, then can I get messages from... Astralopithecus? you know, what, how does this work?
0: When did humans get ensouled with a soul?
1: And then also why even say who has a T? It might be someone I've never heard of. It might be an ancestor from three generations back whose name I don't know. Right. Yeah.
0: Yeah. And it's funny, even into our modern era, still most of us... Know our parents very well, our mm-hmm. grandparents a little bit, almost mm-hmm. next to nothing about our great grandparents, and everything beyond is like a question mark, unless yep. there was someone famous or something. Exactly. Which is wild because now there's just so much information available, and that in our own families, we don't even go back that far in mm-hmm. our knowledge or information sharing. Yeah, that's so true. Anyway, so I thought that question might put him in a little bit of a sticky wicket and get him to answer something. And you make a good point with the evolve thing. I remember thinking that with the International Academy of Consciousness because they talked about evolution and mm. it was the light of improvement. your spirit with each iteration which is what he's mentioning too but it also might be a little i don't know what's the opposite of a dog whistle like a a little bit of a repellent to keep away people who don't like the word evolution
1: oh yeah maybe a little weeding technique
0: maybe Uh yeah maybe and i would have loved to have added the ancillary question of what is the most distantly departed spirit that you've connected with Mm. I would love to know, has he talked to someone from 150 years ago, Mm. 300 years ago? Like, is there sort of a... How
1: historical do we get here? Yeah,
0: is there a fall off to your range of sensitivity? Anyways, I didn't get to answer that.
1: And yeah, are there people who just stop being reincarnated you know yeah. are there people up there who are from the 1500s yeah. or are they all recycled now
0: yeah is there like a set timer after you die like okay reincarnating in yeah. 28 minutes and 32 seconds
1: right or is it the system where you have to be enlightened enough and then you break the cycle of reincarnation i want
0: a mental picture john and i want you to clarify mm-hmm. it for me so I didn't, oh, I you
1: won't too bad we'll keep talking about it
0: i didn't get to ask that question and he was ready to wrap up now and do an exercise. And if you haven't already picked your number, you who is listening, pick a number. And so he asked the audience, who picked the number one? Nobody raised their hands. Oh, wow. Nobody picked the number one. So maybe he said, you know, pick a number between one and nine. And he forgot to say... Inclusive. Inclusive. Uh-huh. <laughs> I don't think that would have meant anything to this crowd.
1: <laughs> I found it immediately when you said between. I was like, well... Yeah. <laughs> but I decided not to stop you. Okay. All
0: right. Who picked the number two? That actually got some people. And so
1: okay.
2: he
0: said, All of you should be looking for communication and mediation. Mm. All right. Oh my
1: God, I want to know what the message was for one.
0: Yeah, I know. <sighs> that would have been another question I would have asked. Uh, yeah. Absolutely. We don't know what the. Yeah, I'm very sorry for all the ones out there who yeah. are just feeling crestfallen now because you have no guidance in your
1: okay, life. Okay, I'll give a reading to the ones. Please do. Ones. You got to call your mom.
0: Yeah, call her. You
1: got to call your mom.
0: Unless she's passed.
1: It No, still. Okay. Because in this system, that's fine. Call your mom and tell her that you want $20 to go to the movie theater. Mm. And if she doesn't do it, she doesn't love you anymore. Yeah, that's fair. Yeah.
0: Okay, number threes. This is about expansion and taking on more responsibility. Look for creative and different ways to approach this. Okay. All right. All right. Number four is foundational. It's going to involve hard work. The only way to navigate what you're looking for is hard work.
1: What you're looking for. I picked four. Hey, okay, so me. hard work, Carrie. Oh, my God, no problem. Oh, no, the this only way out is through. This is <laughs> yeah. This is currently something I'm following through on. Uh, see, that okay.
0: resonated with you. Good reading there, John.
1: Interesting. Uh, I was thinking, like, this is advice I do not need. Oh, because
0: you're already doing it, right? Okay. Mm-hmm. So he should have told you to, I don't know, relax. Yeah,
1: take it easy. I
0: don't know. That's always annoying when you're like, oh, I just have to get this stuff done. Don't tell me to relax.
1: Right, sure.
0: Number fives, transformation. Look at whatever issues you're facing as an adventure. Hmm.
1: Like okay. it. I like that one.
0: And, and all of these are getting, you know, smattering of people, but I'm waiting for seven.
1: <laughs> oh, yeah.
0: Number six is, <laughs> okay, your message is balance. Wherever chaos is, look for balance.
1: Okay. Six was the one I almost switched to. Oh, didn't.
0: okay. Okay. And would that have helped you better to be told?
1: Yes. Okay. Actually, that is a better better hit.
0: <sighs> Sorry. Should have let you switch. <laughs> All right. And sure no, enough. Now I just
1: have to work harder. Sure I'm enough. Fucked.
0: Number seven immediately. Like everybody. 70% of the oh, hands in the whoa. room went. Yeah, it was like not even half. It was crazy preponderance of people. Oh so, wow. Okay. So then I felt very clever. Yeah, sure. Sitting next to Chrissy. So he said, for all of you, this message is about philosophy, the spiritual questions. Whatever your mm. circumstances, you need to <laughs> you need to pray. You need to use philosophy to find the path.
1: Oh, man, this is so clever, because he knows that the people in this room mm-hmm. will love that message. Sure, yeah. And so you pick the biggest number, the one that's going to get the biggest swath of people. Yep.
0: And and also told them to consult astrological charts. So he's very pro-astrology, clearly. Got it. it peppers his, uh, his readings and his comments. I chose eight, because, okay. I don't know, Good one. that's what I chose. And he said, okay, For the eights out there, you should be looking for the value. The lens that you're looking at your issues through is value, spiritual, physical value. Why would you invest? Be asking yourself that.
1: Hmm. That's heady. Okay. Does that mean something to you, eight?
0: Yeah. You know, that's good (laughs) advice. Like to ask yourself, why am I invested in this? Is this going to pay off? Yeah. That's a good calculation to make. And for the number nines, and there were some number nines, whatever you're working through, you need to release something related to it. You need to release something.
1: Mm, Constipation. Uh,
0: And that was it. He said, all right, well, thank you so much. And we all clapped for him.
1: Nice little interactive element at the end there.
0: And uh, that was where Chrissy to my left asked me if I liked her question. I said,
1: yeah. Aw.
0: Very good. And (laughs) then I think I'm calling her Denise to my right. She was expressing that she was a little bummed that we didn't get to interact more with John Edwards. Sure. Like, felt like, oh, this...
1: I'm a VIP.
0: Yeah, you could tell, like, yeah, she didn't feel like she'd maybe gotten her money's worth out of this, and I was thinking, yeah, yeah. I didn't say this to her, but, you know, I didn't get my disco ball. I didn't get my it photo, my hangout. I didn't get to, like, post on Facebook, like, yeah. here's me and my buddy John. Yeah, yeah. would have been great.
1: Yeah, I wonder if that whole number thing was so he could say... Well, everyone got a reading. You mm. got a reading.
0: Mm-hmm. Um, I didn't do
1: that for the whole audience, which I easily could have done.
0: Yeah. No, oh, right. Interesting. Yeah. And he did those little exercises with us, like imagining the ball of energy and stuff. So, mm. and warned us many, many times, you know, even if you don't specifically get a reading, there's messages in these other readings for you, which in yeah. my mind is just a nod to the fact that these are generic statements that are being thrown out. We can all relate to some of them.
1: Oh, yeah. He's telling me to do his work for him.
0: So we got out at a little before 10 p.m., and I'd been there since 5.30, so this was a long event. A lot of it was waiting for it to get started, but yeah, you know.
1: Yeah, four and a half hours. That's a long
0: time time there. And I felt like I'd gotten a good lesson in cold reading, what works, what doesn't, things I can add to my own repertoire. But I think that brings up The analysis. Let's look at the analysis. How did he do, numbers-wise?
1: Well, one moment, Ross. Yes? Speaking of analysis, how did he do, you ask? Probably not as well as Honey do. You know what I mean?
0: I do. Well, funny that you mention Honey, Mm -hmm. because today's episode is sponsored in part by PayPal Honey.
1: Oh my God, I can't believe it.
0: Yeah. And as a number eight, I need to be asking myself, where do I invest my time, my uh-huh. resources. And thankfully, I have a browser plugin also available on the iPhone that can give me insight on where to invest and save a little bit of money.
1: Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Especially if one of the things you spend time on is searching for discount codes when you don't have one. Mm-hmm. If you already have one, go ahead and use it. But let's say you don't. Right. And you're just. Going around the internet trying to find like how do I get three dollars off this pizza?
0: You're free roaming the internet, right? And you're you're not even thinking about discounts, but then that little discount code box shows up mm-hmm. and you're like, I want to buy this pizza, I want to buy the Scientology Clear bracelet.
1: Right.
2: Very
0: similar things. Mm-hmm. W- what do I put in there? I don't have a discount code. Well, Honey will let you know if it has heard of one.
1: Yes. So it is a browser plugin. It is also an application?
0: Yeah, well, you can get it on your iPhone and then it will do kind of the same thing where it sits there and uh, it's at the beck and call to find you discounts.
1: You can tell by the way my voice went up that I use it as a browser extension. Mm -hmm. But thanks to Honey, manually searching for coupon codes is a thing of the past. You could talk to that thing Mm -hmm. through John Edward. That's how dead that is.
0: And it might reincarnate, but it'll reincarnate better as
1: Honey. Mm -hmm. So imagine you're shopping on one of your favorite sites.
0: I'm okay.
1: ScientologyClearBracelets.com. Yeah. (laughs) And you're like, man, I wish I weren't paying any money for this. How can I at least pay less money? Well, when you're checking out, that honey button just drops down, and you just click apply coupons, and then honey finds a working coupon, and the prices go down.
0: Yeah. Ta-da. And uh, it's just now background part of my life. I'm shopping online, not even thinking about it. And all of a sudden, Honey's like, hey, want me to try these discount codes? Yeah, Give it a go. And then it will let me know like, I ah, just saved you two bucks. It's great.
1: It's like a good friend. So if you don't already have Honey, you could be straight up missing out. It's literally free and it installs in a few seconds. Yeah. Come on.
0: Yeah, it's free. You don't pay anything for it. And uh, I always mention pizza because it very reliably saves me money on pizza. And Hey, I got to say, I like pizza. It didn't save me money on a clear bracelet, God but I mean, what does? You mentioning that made me check. There is unfortunately no ScientologyClearBracelets.com, but now you know it's available if you want to go see If I know our listeners,
1: website. there's about to be a ScientologyClearBracelets.com. <laughs> and listen, by getting honey, you'll be doing yourself a solid and supporting this podcast. Get honey for free at joinhoney.com slash oh no.
0: That's joinhoney.com slash oh no. Do you like food? I'm a big fan of food, and not just pizza. I eat other things. Really? Yeah.
1: You know who loves food? John Edward. That's how he self-soothes.
0: Yeah, that's how he decompresses. Absolutely. As he should. Well, John Edward, if you're listening, you might want to consider HelloFresh.
1: Yeah. John Edward, are you going to the grocery store a lot? Because you don't need to. You can skip those trips by getting HelloFresh and making home cooking easy, fun, and affordable.
0: And we get it. You've got a $5.5 million home in the Los Angeles area. <laughs> oh, my but God. You prob- is that
1: right? Yeah. Wow. But you
0: probably also still have a home like in the New York area. <laughs> Where, wherever you are, HelloFresh will send the ingredients and the instructions directly to your door. Yeah. And you can make a delicious meal.
1: Now, John Edward, I know what you're thinking. I'm incredibly <laughs> rich. I probably just pay someone to cook for me. Well... Maybe there is one additional person listening to this episode, in addition to John Edward, who's not in that position. Oh, yeah. Mm -hmm. And affordability matters to them, and convenience matters to them. Well, they and John Edward can savor every last second of summer with HelloFresh.
0: It's so fun, and it's affordable. That Mm -hmm. might be why it's America's number one meal kit.
1: It might be. It might be. They deliver fresh quality produce from the farm to your door in less than a week, And that allows you to enjoy the delicious flavors of the season right from home.
0: I've been enjoying making meals recently. I sent you a picture of this amazing combination of, it was like mac and cheese, but on top of it was a layer of like nachos. Oh
1: yeah, it was like nacho mac and cheese. That looked crazy.
0: It it was Was good? Crazy good. Okay, okay. Oh, I was so into that. Yeah, and it gives me an excuse to cook because otherwise I won't. Unless someone gives me the exact instructions. Like, I was just telling you, I was asking Kara how to make a Keurig
2: (laughs) cup of coffee. (laughs) Yeah, that's... um, And
0: she's like, it couldn't be easier. Let me explain it to you. I said, no, no, no. I want to see you do it first. This is me. (laughs) So... HelloFresh makes it easy enough that even Ross can follow along and make good food.
1: It's so funny because that's not who you are in like any other realm of your life okay. besides cooking. Yeah. You know, you're a very like, let me figure this out.
0: You, but, you, <laughs> you are hundred percent correct yeah, about funny. that. Yeah.
1: But, yeah. uh, but for the person who's like Ross and you just don't have time to figure out how to be a good cook. That's not your thing. You have other things to focus on.
0: I, I want to do it right. And I realize my incompetence. Yeah. At some point, if I keep doing this, I'm going to get more competent in the kitchen. I feel like- it's Slowly happening, but yeah, the food's always good, even if it takes me too long.
1: So yeah, it takes around twenty minutes for the average person to make a meal, but they also have low prep and low cleanup options mm-hmm. if this is like particularly an issue for you. So you can make this even faster, but still be getting like a healthy homemade meal instead of you and, know going out. And it's out for so fast flexible.
0: Food. It's like they've been doing this with gazoodles of people, mm-hmm. and they know how to let you. Put it on pause if you don't want it that week. That's easy to do. You want to change up your meals and choose some different options? That's There's easy to dozens do. Dozens of additional options. Yeah, it's all it's all very easy. It's streamlined. Yeah, make it what you need it to be.
1: Exactly. So go to hellofresh.com/ono16 and use code ono16 for sixteen free meals across seven boxes and three free gifts.
0: That's hellofresh.com/ono16. And then use code ONo oh, 16
1: That's a lot of numbers.
0: All right. Well, thank you for bringing that up, Carrie.
1: You're welcome, Ross. And now, Ross, is it?
0: I'm Ross. Now let us evaluate John Edwards' mm. reading technique.
1: Yeah, okay.
2: And
0: so this, I felt, was like a really tall order. I was taking copious notes yeah. on what he said and people's reactions as much as possible. I missed some of those. So what I did was I just started
1: spreadsheet.
0: I made it I made a spreadsheet. Yeah,
1: spreadsheet. And
0: and this spreadsheet evolved okay. as I worked on it.
1: Good callback.
0: Because it's so squishy, like how to evaluate these yes. statements. Yeah. And so I kept adding new categories and rephrasing them. And mm-hmm. so what I would do was I would take every statement of his that was Either a declarative statement or a question or just something that was like a piece of information was somewhere encoded in there, Okay. true or false or relevant to the reading. And if he stopped long enough that like someone hadn't responded and that was a piece of data that like they hadn't said anything Mm, and, and then he clarified it, I treated that as a new statement.
1: Oh, good for you. Like it.
0: Yeah. I felt like that was at least a way to kind of break up what he was doing, which was saddling multiple pieces of information together.
1: Because that's exactly the kind of thing your brain glosses over.
0: Right, right. You're
1: not, Ross won't gloss. Ross won't gloss.
0: (laughs) Yeah, put it on a sign, chanted it, your local (laughs) politician. (laughs) What is this Ross (laughs) won't gloss movement? So then I kept like changing the names of the categories because like at first I would say yes or no, but then sometimes a no was actually the correct response. So, okay, so here's my columns. I've got confirm, wrong. So either the person said that that is correct or Mm -hmm. no, not actually no. Or there was no response. That was another option. Another column was can't be evaluated. So sometimes Mm -hmm. he would say something like, She's with you. Like Oh, sure. All right. Well we can't evaluate that. Yeah. You know.
1: She says hi.
0: Yeah. Yeah. There's a contemporary to her that's a male. That's you know (laughs) can't really evaluate that. (laughs)
1: Probably true.
0: I I also flagged things. (laughs) This
1: person knew one male.
0: I also flagged things that were just openly questions. Like he asked them for information. Mm -hmm, Yeah. So that would be things like, is your grandma on your mother's side passed? Mm -hmm. Or are you a twin? Like, Mm -hmm. okay, you asked them for information. You're going to do something with it once you get that. Yeah. But I thought that was worth flagging. Uh, Are you
1: a twin would be interesting to me if he got a Yes uncommon yeah. enough that I'd be like, that's fun.
0: Ah, you're anticipating one of my later columns, so I'll shoot forward to that one. Is it true for many people like the person uh, he's talking with? Yep. So that was a subjective measure mm-hmm. on my part. So for the twin question, I did not check that because, yeah, that's not true for a lot of people that they yeah, have twins. Yeah, totally. Um, but it was true for things like, are you going out for something competitive? Or what's happening in Pennsylvania? <laughs> You know, like, (laughs) sure, like, most people can find some connection to Pennsylvania. At this point, they couldn't. But was dad a drinker? Like, most Mm. people can make that true. I would say yes.
1: Oh, right. Because, yeah, I hear that and think a drinker to excess, But doesn't necessarily mean that. Doesn't have
0: to. Yeah, because, oh, yeah, he enjoyed a little bit of wine every now and then. Yeah, well, he's telling me about, you know.
1: He loves red wine. So,
0: another category I had was easy if yes or no. Like... If they said yes, there's a good pathway out of that. If the answer is no, there's an easy pathway out of that. So I just kind of flag those.
1: Yes, one of those double-handed questions. Mm -hmm. Mom Mm -hmm. wasn't a nurse, was she?
0: Exactly. Yeah, Yeah. that's, I think, like the purest statement of it where you say like, it wasn't blah, 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 was Was it? Was it? Yeah, because then when you say it was, it's like amazing. Ah, he knew. But then if it wasn't, well, he just said it wasn't. Yeah.
1: A yes is. Why did you bring that up? No, it wasn't. A yes is stronger in that formulation. If you say, Mom wasn't a nurse, was she? And I say yes, that's a really strong hit. But if I say no, it's an excusable hit. Yeah.
0: Yeah. So I I wanted to flag whenever there was like a robust exit path that was not the expected answer.
1: Exactly. Falsifiability. Mm -hmm, No mm -hmm. falsifiability in those questions.
0: I also made a note anytime that. The statement that he made, such as when he said, tell me if breast or lung cancer comes in, when it doesn't resonate with that person and it forces a shift to some other person in the audience. Mm. I noted that as well. Great. And then I had a column for every time he said something that was just kind of intended as a joke or laugh line. Mm. I thought that that was an interesting thing to track. As well as a sentimental pull, like Mm. saying something like, he's telling me he's hanging out in a pub on the other side. (laughs) Okay. Or.
1: Yeah, I forgot about that one.
0: The two babies know each other. The one that you lost and the one on the way. It's God. Yeah. So these aren't discrete categories because that would get the flag of can't be evaluated. Mm. We don't know if those children know each other or not. He just told us that. Yeah. Which I think is also an important point because typically I would say most of the information psychics are giving you are just things that you already knew and just you're amazed that they knew it. Mm-hmm. but they're they're usually mm-hmm. not giving you new information they're right. telling you something that you already know to uh,
1: prove that they have this ability.
0: And then I had a column for just notes to like kind of clarify why I thought that was a good hit or what the answer was if it was something interesting. So Wow,
1: how many columns we got here? 12, 13.
0: We, we got B through K for the evaluations and then L for notes. So 11 columns. Okay. Those are the metrics that I used and I went through and just evaluated the first 75 things that he said
2: that I had
0: that really stuck out as like, this is a statement, and here's where I have some understanding of the reaction to it. Okay, so here's how the numbers go. And I guess, you know, I'll give it in percentages, even though we're working from 75, I'm extrapolating upwards. So this is really interesting. I swear I did not try to make this happen or match, but for both... Confirmed statements and statements that were wrong. Like, Mm -hmm. no, actually, that's not true in my case. Both of those got 26 marks in the column. So Hmm. 35% were confirmed and 35% were disconfirmed.
1: I'm surprised that the confirmed was that high.
0: Oh, really? Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, That's just how it worked for the ones that I evaluated. And then- uh, On
1: on the ones that were confirmed were many of them-
0: Some of them were weak. Okay. Like really obvious, like- um, I'm thinking
1: of your column that says, well, yes, would this be likely for that person?
0: Oh, yeah. Well, then that that would come in later as well. So that would, if you wanted to like kind of compare across these, you could say, okay, that was confirmed, but that's true for most people. So that would reduce the uh, impact of that. So yeah, I'm not separating that out at all here in that number. So you've got like 35% of each, so roughly a third. Uh, mm-hmm. confirmed, disconfirmed. And then I would say 17%, like they didn't get a response. And that probably prompted him to talk more until yeah. he got something. And then another 18% couldn't be evaluated. It was just something that was neither here nor there. wasn't really verifiable information. Okay. So that's kind of, the, I would say, the broadest breakdown mm-hmm. of sort of how his readings are composed. A third correct, a third incorrect, and then that remaining third sort of broken between just no response we need another prompt to get one, or it's just like information that can't be evaluated as yes or no.
1: Interesting. Okay. Yeah. So really only a third that we should even consider being impressed by.
0: Yeah, exactly. Okay. So yeah, even then you've gone way down from a hundred percent.
1: Yeah, definitely. Okay.
0: And then yeah, within that category, there are some that also are marked as yeah, that's well, that's true for a lot of people. So
1: Right. Okay. So, so
0: that column, the true for many people, I marked 53%.
1: Okay. 40 out
0: of the 75. Um, I
1: would be curious to see if more of the right ones were in that category. Yeah. But even so, if we just assume it's still consistent across, we're now talking about a sixth.
0: And this is, you know, fairly true and compelling, fairly subjective. I will freely admit if I went and reevaluated all those, I might give a slightly different rating. Yeah. If you caught me at a different moment, I was trying to be on the generous side and and I rephrased it true for many people like the questioner. Because I think it also depended on who he was reading, you know, like – Suddenly he's talking about the carceral state, but he's talking to a young Hispanic man. Oh, you know? sure, yeah, yeah. Um, So
1: Someone unevenly affected by the carceral state, yeah. Yeah,
0: and I, you know, I yeah. usually try to err on the side of being generous to whoever I'm evaluating. Uh, sure. So 53%, I'll say, were likely to be true.
1: Okay, but we're down to like a sixth now that I should maybe be impressed by.
0: Yeah, exactly. That's a good way of combining those numbers. Yeah. Uh, times that he just asked a question... Uh like sought information from the person, 48%. So half the time he was just asking them, oh, give me a piece of info. Yeah. And then either backdating his understanding of that information or using it in some other way. Yeah. Okay. So for things that I thought he had an easy path out if he was wrong, Mm -hmm. I marked 20%. And I was, again, trying to be very generous there. And just pick things where, like, okay, the way you phrase that, you could go either way with the response. So, about 20% of the time, about 11% of the time, what he said didn't get a response or got a negative response, and it caused him to shift to a different person. So, okay. I, I think we get sort of a rate of handshakes or handoffs to, so like, okay, let's broaden this out, find someone else nearby you or in the audience that we can move this reading to. Mm. And that was
1: how much of the time eleven percent, eleven percent. So ok, I'm doing these these backwards. so eighty nine out of a hundred percent out of a hundred times that didn't happen. ok, got it.
0: And then nine out of the seventy five, twelve percent were like laugh lines or just jokes that he was inserting. There might have been some information attached to them, but mostly it was just like... Sometimes it was even like making him look a little better at the person's expense. Like, oh, well, I guess that's why I told you about the R name earlier, huh? Because you've connected with Ron now, remember? Mm -hmm. Um, But that, you know, we've got a laugh. So 12% there. So then about 7% or 5 out of the 75 statements were just like really strong emotional things. Mm -hmm. Probably couldn't be evaluated, but, you know, stuff like... Can you let him know his dad wished him a happy birthday? You know stuff like that. (laughs) It's neither here nor there, and it's just kind of meant for a sentimental effect on the audience. Interesting. There you go. That's that's my breakdown of looking at. I would say about half of the reading.
1: Okay, I'm just gonna. I know we're in like a little bit of subjective world here, but I'm just gonna see. See eight times nine. 72 over... Mumble, 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 mumble. Yeah,
0: if you want to look at these numbers.
1: I mean, but on my kitchen math, which may be off, it seems like we're at like 12% that I should consider being impressed by. Okay.
0: Yeah. And I would say the times where I even had a scintilla of thinking... Oh, could that have been a hot reading? I could count on one hand. Yeah. Yeah, it was in the whole reading. You know, this is just a portion of it. But I would say there were maybe like two or three instances where I went, oh, that was okay. That's pretty good. Yeah, yeah. Out of that long of an event. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I wouldn't say too impressive. I think statistically, he fell right where you would expect for cold reading. I don't suspect there was hot reading involved.
1: Yeah, I don't either after your review. Mm -hmm. It seems... Also, like he's missing a bunch of hits he was supposed to get because he goes so fucking fast. Yeah, One of the reasons what you're doing in this little run of John Edward episodes is so effective is because his strategy relies so much on going so fast mm-hmm. and our brains just have to grab the information and squish it. You know, we have to zip file all uh-huh, of that information uh-huh. and summarize it for ourselves. And you're saying, no, no, Ross won't gloss. So you <laughs> break apart all the data and make sure we actually see it. Um, and which but, is,
0: I think, also why he does not want these recorded. Do not yes, record. Turn yeah, off your phones.
1: Clearly. But... It also means he misses stuff. He's going Mm. so fast Mm -hmm. that, you know, when we were going over this, we were like, well, that's weird. She kind of confirmed that. And Mm -hmm. he acted like it wasn't a confirmation. And later I realized, oh, but that was going a million miles an hour. That hurts him, too. That's the downside for him.
0: Yeah, I was just watching a video of him performing with a different audience. It was a televised audience. And there was a moment where he got some really strong responses from this woman and yeah he just kind of left them and kept moving on doing his thing mm. and i thought oh like home in on that make the point there and i kind of feel that i've done some street readings and mm-hmm. i've gotten some things right mm-hmm. and some things wrong but i remember once i was telling a woman like i sense there's something around your heart area something to be aware of and her body language was like oh wow yeah and mm. I just, I kept moving on and I didn't say anything about it. And later on, she told me, because we asked her to evaluate my my reading. This was for the CFIIG. She said, wow, I recently had a screening for breast cancer and there was cause for concern there. If you had said something about that, that would have like really impressed me. Mm. It's like, ah, oh, I missed that opportunity. Yeah,
1: yeah, yeah. And to John Edwards' credit, the one thing you definitely don't want to do is drop your confidence.
2: Mm-hmm. And
1: Mm -hmm. if that's what you have to give up to keep that confidence up, then, yeah, that's the trade-off you're going to make as a psychic. Yeah. Because we're seeing that in the audience. If you go like, oh, uh, boy, I didn't expect that, that doesn't read well.
0: Yeah, I feel like John Edward has this desire to stick with safe avenues Mm. and keep that hit rate high and things moving Mm. along where he doesn't take that many Wild leaps that mm, that could okay. pay off really well if they land. Mm-hmm. And I always think about Mark Edward, who we've talked to on the podcast a couple of times, who is an excellent cold reader and mentalist, worked as a psychic for many years. He has one in particular that he'll often use. And I always think of this. He'll mention, what is it with the clown in the graveyard? Oh, whoa. Which is just so off the wall. You know, sometimes nothing happens and he moves on, or he wow. rephrases it. But when it lands, as it sometimes does, yeah, some will be yeah. like oh, that's me. Oh, how did you? Know-
1: what? Oh, wow! What
0: the hell did you just do? You know, like
1: well, cool. I'm trying to make it work for me, <laughs> and I can kind of do it, but it's forced. Yeah,
0: and you're just one person, but yeah, at least if you've got course. you know like 20 people or more in an audience, you know, mm, someone might yeah, be able oh, to definitely. And, and if they don't, you move on. But still, that well, that would, well, what a very specific mental image. Yeah. So when I'm evaluating cold reading, I have real respect for people who will make that little leap and mm-hmm. then when it lands, that's awesome. It's yes. it seems so cool. And when it doesn't, it still sounds, you know, like interesting. So anyways, yeah, so afterward I went home, went about my life, but sure enough, like a week later that email did show up saying
1: Time to evolve.
0: Yeah, here is your invitation for one free year in Evolve. Free mm-hmm. when you pay $180 for our VIP event. And
1: oh my god, it was 180 bucks! Damn. Yeah. Okay.
0: And um, was that on
1: top of your original ticket?
0: That that Total. was included with the ticket. Got it. And so I had that, but also they sent me in the mail. They sent me a book, nominally by John Edward. Okay. Called Final Beginnings, a novel.
1: Oh, I get the joke.
0: And then there's another name at the bottom, Natasha Stoinoff. And so immediately I think, Oh, Natasha did all the work.
1: Yeah, Natasha wrote this book. John what up, shares Natasha?
0: the profits. And I looked her up and she's been like a not ghostwriter, but like co writer on mm-hmm. so many things where it's very clear, like, oh, she does the work and then you consult with her and give her little notes and she'll make changes. But yeah, yeah she wrote this
1: book. Supporting authors are just authors.
0: Exactly, but also in the package they had this uh, invitation to join the Evolve community. So I signed up. I got a membership. They also sent me this signed picture. Um,
1: Ooh, there J- he is. There's the big man.
0: Yeah, it's um, it's an uncomfortable photo. He looks like he has intestinal distress.
1: <laughs>
0: I, and it's like huh, I didn't
1: feel uncomfortable looking at it, but he looks sort of. Hmm, it's unflattering wizened. lighting.
0: It's like someone stuck his face on a scanner. And took the picture. Oh man! Like, okay,
1: I'm not seeing this the way you're seeing it. Like
0: I don't know, like like bad fluorescent lighting or something. Like I, I just <laughs> I don't think it's that.
1: Bad. And the skin okay.
2: tone,
0: the skin tone <laughs> looks like jaundiced. It. It's just, I think. It, and his eyes look like dark and soulless. I don't think this is an awful well, photo. Well, you're
1: an artist and I'm not. But what I did notice was that it says "thank you for evolving on it," and "thank" is capitalized and "evolving" is capitalized, but "you for" is not. Why? Maybe you don't capitalize for, but the U? That's
0: like a title case.
1: I don't like it. Okay. Not okay with it.
0: That's what stands out to you. I think that's a terrible photo that you do not pass along as like- a, Interesting. He, he, he was my bookmark for reading this book.
1: Yeah, I don't think this is a bad photo. Okay. But- right.
0: You know, I guess now uh-huh. I have to post it on our Facebook yeah, page. Yeah, yeah, make
1: people vote.
0: Yeah, this will be our episode thumbnail and I'll put it on the Facebook page. And Yeah, let us let us know what you think of this photo. Do you think it, it's awful and unshareable like Ross does? Or do you think it's like, yeah, fine. <laughs> it's fine. Yeah, I think it makes him look like a gray alien or something.
1: Whoa, okay. <laughs> (laughs) Okay, cool. Now, did you think that dress was white and gold or black and blue?
0: Oh, that's a very good question. I'm trying to remember what my initial response was. I want to say I first saw it as blue and black.
1: Okay. And that I... Yeah, now I I can see it both ways too. Okay, wait. (laughs) What color is the dress?
0: <laughs> yeah, I think the actual dress was blue and black. So maybe It is. Yeah, you, yeah but okay. Maybe I saw the, it first as here's white. Here's the original image. Yeah, I see that as blue and black.
1: No way, really? You see
0: it as white and gold?
1: Yes, 100%. Oh, so like not even a hint of so blue. So
0: your eye is adjusting as if you're in the shade. Okay. Okay. Yeah. yeah, I'm a shade baby. Yeah, right now I can't make my brain see that as white and gold.
1: What? Oh, yeah. I have to really work to try to convince myself there's a little hint of blue.
0: Perception's funny, folks.
1: That's so crazy. Okay. This is six years old and I'm still wigging out about it.
0: (laughs) So we were told at the event that if we signed up for this Evolve group that there were giveaways. And please sign up for the giveaways because every month we give away 25 things and only like 36 people sign up for it so you're you're like very likely to win something so i forgot the first couple months so i signed up for the july one and i find out tomorrow or at least the contest closes tomorrow. So I'm going to find out soon if I won something for July.
1: Okay. Oh, and, cool.
0: And we've been doing these episodes and my membership hasn't been canceled. So I'm guessing they haven't figured out yet that we're doing the series.
1: Or don't mind.
0: Hi, John. Yeah. Yeah. That's great. If John,
1: so. come on the show.
0: Well, what else can you get with your evolved membership? So there's giveaways and those giveaways include private readings, event tickets, virtual or in-person appreciation packs, the opportunity to ask John a question, or the chance God, to be... he
1: loves being asked questions. Or the
0: chance to be a guest on Evolve with John Edward. And I don't Ooh, know what that means. Ooh, like,
1: I wonder if that's a podcast. Yeah, it sounds like
0: a podcast, the way they're saying that.
1: Yeah, I'm going to look it up.
0: So I'm really hoping for July that I win something. We'll see. But... Guess how much these private readings are worth, Carrie. So, I, actually, I think you did guess before and you had a very good guess. I want to say you guessed somewhere around $750 for a private reading. From oh, okay. Him.
1: Yeah, my, as you were developing that sentence, I was thinking $600. Okay. So I guess it was a little lower, but yeah.
0: So, a private reading session is scheduled for one person and the current fee is $850. Damn.
1: For how long?
0: That's a very good question. I don't see it spelled out here. So maybe he's allowing himself some freedom to make it as long or short as he wants to. I remember this number. I could be off. But I think Sylvia Brown charged $750 for a half hour reading.
1: Oh, wow. OK. Oh, my God. That's crazy. That's so expensive. So
0: I'm guessing he reserves the right to be like, oh, well, uh, we're getting to the end of the reading here, you know, yeah. at half an hour or go longer if he needs to. But that's for up to four people who can attend the same session. OK. For an additional $250 per person. ha. <laughs> Wow Yeah that's Okay a whole lot
1: It looks like Evolve with John Edward has been on for nine years And it might be a YouTube show Interesting um, Let me spend three minutes and 41 seconds showing you this highlight reel And then how, we can tell people
0: How great would it be if I was chosen for that?
1: Oh, it'd be wonderful
3: Hey everybody, it is the week of February 17th, February 24th, March 3rd, March 10th, and this is Evolve with John Edward. Have you started to feel the retrograde or its effects? Well, Mercury governs communications, contracts, and travel. And guess what? There's a new moon. It's starting on the 11th. Great time for new things. March is the third month, and in numerology, the number three represents creativity and expansion. Guys, stick around because we have got plenty of exciting topics to discuss. And I'm going to be reading randomly selected members of the five and lots more. Somebody fell and when they fell, they either, they cracked their hip, they cracked their leg. Yep. Mm-hmm. That's my grandmother. They're telling me to bring up somebody doing something with contact lenses. So I don't know if there's something about the contacts we're supposed to bring up or if you guys recently went for contacts or if there's a conversation. Our
2: daughter.
3: <laughs> okay. Did this just happen? Uh,
2: oh, yeah. Yeah.
3: yeah. Where's the cancer connection? My brother had cancer. Did you go for a bone marrow test?
0: Me, no. That might be Stephanie. <laughs> yeah, this sounds like me.
3: Okay, so did you go have a bone marrow test? I have, yes. Okay, was that recently? Mm-hmm. Okay, the reason why they show me stuff like that is because they want to show me that they see what's happening around you. For me, it's it's a three-part process. I see, hear, and feel energy using the faculties of clairvoyance, clear seeing, clairaudience, clear hearing, clear sentience, which is clear feeling. And then it becomes a game of what feels like psychic charades. I have to pay attention to everything I'm thinking, everything I'm feeling, and then how it all kind of comes together. And then I go with what it means to me in my frame of reference. We are gonna be talking today with Lisa Rinna. She is an actress, she is an author, and she's got a brand new book out, and she's here to talk about it. I am very, very excited to be sitting here with the Mia Michaels. Many of you are familiar with the choreography from So You Think You Can Dance. I'm being joined by actress, advocate, Median Nikki Blonsky, thank you for being here.
2: Thank you for having me.
3: For anybody that's watching this, if you're doing any type of work that has a healing or teaching component to it, I don't care if you're a bartender or a hairdresser, mm-hmm. a school teacher or a massage therapist, or somebody who's an actual practitioner of light, it is very, very important to always, always, always protect yourself psychically because you can take on a person's energy in a very, very big way. Can I ask you, is there a Ruth connection to you or somebody with an R name, either living or past? Yes. Where, where is that connected to?
1: Um, it's a cousin that uh, that we just recently found in this past September, and her
0: name is Ruth.
3: Are you connected to Floyd or Lloyd?
0: Yes, they
3: phone just before you, actually. <laughs> the surname is Lloyd. Now, how's your name? is your leg okay Uh, i have to have a new replacement soon just knowing that i can get
0: on and we're dead and that every day makes every day so much better for me
1: it really does
3: the reason why the show is called evolve i say it is not a name it is a command because that's what we're here to do We're, we're here to help people evolve so the people that i interact with the guests that we have on here Is all to help people that are watching, that come in contact with our conversation and dialogue, how to evolve in their lives. Wow, that all felt
0: 20 years old.
1: It was nine years old. Oh, okay. But, yeah, I got to say, terrible highlights. Yeah. Yeah, really not a good video.
0: Wild, okay. And old
1: guys like, yeah, my knee hurts. <laughs>
0: yeah. All right. So other prices. He has workshops and classes. Those are seven hundred ninety five dollars to participate in. Wow. If you have a small intimate group, he can do that for six hundred fifty.
1: I get you, John. I um, know what you mean. Small intimate group. Yeah.
0: Oh, you think it's like a dating thing?
1: <laughs> no, it so. just sounded sexy. I don't
0: know. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Yeah, I'm not sure what this is, but I'm intrigued. A double medium event. Does that mean there's a different medium involved?
1: Double medium event. Yeah, I want to know about that. It's
0: only $600, but all it says (laughs) is on this website I'm signed into with my membership for one year. It just says there are no double medium groups scheduled at this time. I want to know more. (gasps) Double
1: medium?
0: What is that? Wait,
1: hang on. Like, does he invite another medium?
0: That's my guess is that he has like a visiting co-medium, and they handle the group together and $600 to join one of those.
1: That sounds right. It seems like then you have to sign off on their entire philosophy, which...
0: Yeah, well, seems... it happens.
1: Okay, great news. I figured out what a double medium is. It's a kennel for a dog that's twice as wide <laughs> as a normal kennel for a dog. Well,
0: that makes sense.
1: So I've Googled that successfully.
0: And a group reading is $100 to $175. So there you go. Okay. Those, those are the prices. There's a little section here, all kinds of little options, and and none of this is updated too often except, you know, the monthly contest and giveaway, but he's got Watch Evolve with John Edwards, so I guess this is where you come to watch that. Okay. And he has some back episodes, so y'all have to watch through some of these. Oh, interesting. Some of the subtitles for Evolve include Belief, Flashback, Spiritual Wellness, Duke. What? Oh, Double Medium. Ooh, oh, Here we go. Sure enough, John is joined by special co-host, psychic medium, Jonathan Lewis.
1: Mm, okay.
0: He's got one called Sugar Free. I've got to watch that. Hmm. That's another one called Cleanse. Yeah, okay. So you can watch all of those episodes of Evolve. He's also got casts and scopes, cards, meditations, books and beyond, featured contributors, numerology, member incentives, recipes, store and photo gallery
1: those first two caught my attention casts meaning forecasts and scopes meaning horoscopes
0: yeah i think you're right and these okay
1: because it sounds like two medical things a cast and a scope
0: (laughs) right yeah well and there's four video links there okay one was like a podcast one just says indian ocean one says rainbow (laughs) bridge and one says uluru camel ride Oh, my God. Uh, All right.
1: You have to be so dedicated to this to click on one of those titles because, yeah, yeah, they're so... It doesn't give me any information.
0: Which makes me think I'm going to be clicking on these later. But there you go. So that's my membership. And there was a follow-up event on May 28th. We were allowed for having participated in this VIP event to Mm. sign in for that and... I apologize, everybody. I let you down. I let me down. I did did not attend.
2: You glossed?
0: I glossed.
2: Ross glossed. I had
0: it on my calendar (laughs) for the day as like an all-day event. My mistake was I didn't put it like as... When I found out what the time was, I didn't put it for that time. And I totally... Yeah, I glossed.
1: You glossed. I glossed. You know what?
0: I'm so sorry. This
1: is already three episodes. It's okay. All
0: right. But who knows what mysteries of the universe I could have solved there.
1: Uh. But
0: I did read this book they sent me. And of the books that...
1: Yeah, you handed this to me and asked me if I wanted to read it. And I considered it until I saw it was a novel.
0: Yeah. So I picked this up. And it's not the one that he became kind of famous for, which was, I think, Afterlife... And then he has Crossing mm, Over, of course. Of course. He has a book called One Last Time and a novel called What If God Were the Sun?
1: <clears throat> S-U-N? Yeah. Oh, yeah, what if? Yeah, what if? Wow, deep.
0: He'd be full of hydrogen being converted into helium. Yeah, wow. ooh, wow, what if?
1: It would be like that, wouldn't it? Mm. Um. Mm.
0: <laughs> but, you know, I figured, well, I'll bite. He sent me this, let's read it. And <laughs> it was written in 2004. Okay. By John Edward and, again, Natasha story Ooh, old. Okay. Yeah, yeah. So I'm guessing they just have a big collection of these books. Yeah. And they're like, okay, what are we going to give away to these people who come to our live events? Here you go. You paid 180 bucks. You get this 2004 book we cannot sell. Yeah,
1: no one's been buying his novel. Because, that makes sense.
0: Because why would anybody read this novel? So it's called Final Beginnings, a novel, and it's about this famous psychic... Catherine Haywood, and this is published by Hay House, so I feel like there's some mm. connection there. I'm sensing an H. And she's off on vacation in Italy, and she's trying to just disconnect from the spirit world. You know, this is what she does for a living. She's a famous psychic. Let's unwind. But no, she just keeps reading people, and the, uh, you know, the guy who's navigating her in the gondola, she reads that he's from Brooklyn. He's like, how did you know? I fooled everybody. You know, they all thought I was a native. You know, so that's going on. But then she sees like this image of a tower and she keeps getting the word tower and hearing the word tower and people are like, I didn't say tower. And it's like, oh, I thought you said tower. Tower. So she's getting this essentially the card from the tarot deck that's giving her the message of the tower. And and then, like, there's a message from a a young woman that she hears, and she knows, I need to cut my vacation short and go back to New York. Mm. And there's this invitation that this radio program wants her to come on the radio program. Okay. So I don't particularly want to do that. But someone like publicizes that she's doing it. She's like, well, I guess I have to do it now. I didn't really want to do it. So she's heading back to New York. Meanwhile, we keep introducing like this B plot and the C plot and like all of these other characters. So you have a lot of like guys who are ex-military, ex-cops and they're really, you know, school of hard knocks guys. And, okay, yeah. but, but they lost someone in their lives, you know, some important supportive female figure uh, who's no longer okay. here enough that there were two characters. That I just kept confusing. They seem like the same person. Oh, to Weird. Me. Okay. But okay. So one of them is like a landscaper and he's working on this major project down by the bridge And carrying a lot of fertilizer in the back of his van. So I keep thinking, okay, is he a bomber? Is he a terrorist? Because that's what they're setting us up for. But he doesn't seem like the type. And then you have this ex-cop who lost his wife and he's you know called crazy jack now because he had some big public blow up after his wife died and now he just he solves cold cases and works in his apartment cuz he's too much of a liability for the police department. So, you know, okay. so those are people we're being introduced to. Meanwhile, we're also meeting this very rich guy, the Conrad whatever his name is, who's this, you know, billionaire who's starting this giant Building that he's going to cut the ribbon on that uh, does, like, advanced genetics research. Mm. Okay, so here's all our pieces. So she gets on the radio, and the crazy cop guy calls up because he's angry at her, like, you fake psychics, you're so awful.
1: Oh, okay.
0: So then she starts, like, reading him, wait, no, no, don't hang up, because I'm getting a message from your wife. And then all of a sudden, she gets this message that kind of takes over everything, like, there's going to be a terrorist attack. and. This is 2004, so it's just a few years after 9/11. 9-11. So this is what we should have expected for 9-11 if, you know, people were sensing fut- yeah. future emotions. Yeah, it's- why
1: are you creating a psychic that's so much more powerful than you are, John well,
0: Edward? Right, right. So she actually, she does do the thing where she's like, oh, I'm getting an S. And, mm. oh, there's someone, I'm sensing the image of a blue rose, and that's from your mother. Uh, that was a, something that meant something to you.
1: Does he actually use blue rose in there, just like he did in your event? He
0: does. Well, Yeah, which is funny. It was a tie in with the novel, I learned later. And many of you may point out blue roses are not a natural phenomenon. Mm -hmm. This guy, you know, has an advanced genetics laboratory that Ah, he's opening up. Of
1: course. He
0: engineered blue roses for his mother so that's an whoa, amazing oh
1: radi- you can also just put a white rose and so, some blue dye so okay. she's
0: on the radio and she has this premonition that oh there's gonna be this horrible terrorist attack today in New York okay everybody freaks out they cut whoa, off whoa
1: New the, York he's going for it okay
0: yeah and they cut off the radio station yeah he's mentioning specific like bridges and, and geographical locations and but tunnels. like this is
1: right after 9-11 this is yeah. sensitive stuff yeah. okay
0: anyway so the billionaire wants to question her like why did you say this stuff and where are you trying to ruin me and it gets so unnecessarily complicated he has twin sons but one of them died and so the other son was the one who booked her for the radio station and why'd you do this you let me down we're having this big unveiling today and now you've got everybody all worried about this terrorist attack Mm. Uh, meanwhile you have the angry cop who like chewed her out on the radio now looking for her so he can shoot her or scare her. Oh, my God. Yeah, so he's now on a mission to get on his uh, motorcycle and go find this psychic and scare her. Meanwhile, there's also a reporter who used to cover police malfeasance, but then got in trouble when she got something wrong and, and mm. spoiled an investigation. So now she's been forced to write horoscopes if she wants ah, to stay employed. Okay. So she senses all of this police activity going on around the bridge. So she's going to go get the breaking story. And so then she the encounters...
1: horoscope writer, okay.
0: She encounters the billionaire berating the psychic and she's like, oh, I've got a scoop here, you know, like, because I'm getting the special information <laughs> with her. You know, little device where she's recording all this. Anyway, so all of this comes together and of course then massive explosion goes off the new genetic center gets destroyed by the <gasps> falling bridge you know that destroys the tower essentially uh-huh. so you know all of these premonitions are coming true oh goodness i don't know if any of this is worth uh, unraveling but you have all these players and eventually it turns out that the head of security for the genetics research tower was the one who planned all of this and tried to uh, like
1: science is bad
0: tried to blame the gardener guy who had all the fertilizer make it look like he did it because ah. he also has ties to like his wife who passed away was a Muslim. And so, you know, that was also kind of a tie into oh, wow. the nine eleven thing. Yeah. So all of this is going on. And, you know, of course, this psychic all throughout, she's never wrong. Sure. At, she's way better than John Edward.
1: Clearly. At
0: doing this stuff. And she keeps getting very specific readings on people, but kind of using his methods. But if they were as impressive as he wants people to believe they are.
1: Right. Right.
0: So then finally, it all ends up with them all racing off to, I don't know, Hoboken, New Jersey, because there's like another facility there and there's a bioweapon. It's going to be released. And this is so annoying because they're all like converging on this facility because there's terrorists there who are going to release this bio agent. And we've got this big countdown when this explosion is going to go off. And then we just stop in this tunnel and everybody's there. All of the main characters somehow end up in this tunnel at the same time. And this thick white gooey cloudy material comes in here and like makes it so they can't drive through it. So they stop and they just talk for a third of the book. What? And, and you're like waiting for this explosion that's going to go off. And they're having all these little sappy readings and y- your mother's appearing and I see her. Oh, do you see her? You see her now too? Wow. And so they're all having these little spiritual reckonings while you're waiting for this bomb to go off.
1: Yeah, they're just filling pages and I, here. And I
0: just keep thinking, who is this book for? Like people yeah. who want the sappy spiritual stuff don't want this- um,
1: Terrorist plot thr- tale? Thr- thriller. Yeah, terrorist yeah. plot. Yeah.
0: So it's just like, who is this book for? I loved at the end after they've all reached their emotional conclusion and and said their last goodbyes and cried and, you know, a few people die. It says, if you enjoyed final beginnings and want to continue with the spiritual adventure to see what happens next, look for infinite endings coming soon
1: Uh uh-oh did that come
0: no never came that book did not come so i'm guessing that's why they have a bunch of copies that they can send to people who attend these events
1: not popular jokes
0: on you john edward i read it and i'm going to leave a review on goodreads
1: (laughs) (laughs) that'll still probably be pretty polite (laughs) probably (laughs) um that's how i do it (laughs) whereas mine would just be like one star bad (laughs) Um, okay. I, I
0: hope any of that made sense. It, I was...
1: it did. What I kept thinking, uh, it doesn't matter, obviously, but what I kept thinking is like, if someone predicted a terrorist attack, we would all assume they were a terrorist.
0: I mean, that was considered like, oh, okay. why does she know this?
1: Okay, yeah. I mean, that seems like the far more likely explanation she gets, than oh she's like talking to the spirits and they're telling her about the plans she, of some terrorists she's never met
0: there was a lot of umbrage at her expense people suspecting her but you know she always turned out to be right so eventually she won over the billionaire and the others but see
1: that would make me I'd be like and she was right fuck she's like spearheading this thing oh
0: and of course we knew this would happen all along but the twin brothers oh, spoiler alert for anybody who inexplicably wants to read this book the billionaire who had lost one son. It turns out that the other son had taken his place and pretended to be him of course. Like uh, the way they set it up, you're like, oh, it's actually Michael. It's not uh, Danny. Right, I right. get it.
1: I see. Twins, Twin Towers.
0: What a bizarre book.
1: Yeah. it um, Sounds like, bad.
0: It's like watching one of those Christian movies where like everything is solved by like the family getting together and praying. Mm. And you're like, this is a boring movie. Mm-hmm. But, you know, everything mm-hmm. works out right because they prayed. It's I like, love a this, Christian movie. This is the psychic version of that. Like, look what would happen if the psychic, you know, could give this accurate information all the time.
1: Right, right, right. We, we, it would be a
0: different world, John Edward. Yeah, and it Natasha would, because
1: it's nothing like this. It's
0: nothing like this. <laughs> so, yeah, I, I think that's a takeaway from this investigation is that we would live in a very different world if dead people actually mm-hmm. came across and talked to people like John Edward mm-hmm. and gave them specific information that was not just verifying things that you already know about them.
1: Yeah, I think that's right. I don't think that is the world we live in.
0: So I did not come away from any of this uh, convinced that John Edward actually talks to dead people and they talk back.
1: Okay, bummer. I'm starting to not buy his whole thing.
0: Yeah, okay, you're starting to get a little little hesitant about uh, his synthesis. And, you know, I'll report back if I win any additional stuff on his site or if I become a guest on Evolve. I'll let you know, (laughs) Yes,
1: please. And John Edward, if you're hearing this, we'd love to have you on.
0: Oh, and by Or the way,
1: Natasha Stoinoff. Sure.
0: Yeah. Let's talk with yeah. you as well. Yeah. She had written one of his non-novel books with him, meaning she did the work for him on that one, too.
1: Probably. We don't know this.
0: Uh, yeah. Probably. Oh, I wanted to follow up with you, Carrie, because I think in our first episode, yeah. you started to tell a story oh. about your first selfie. And we never came oh, okay. back to it. So if anybody was like, wait, she never Where told the selfie was story. was the
1: selfie? Oh, it's not even that good of a story. Okay. All right. Here it is. I was at Le Louvre.
2: Oh, Le Louvre.
1: In Paris. Uh-huh. And I always remember that getting off the tube, I could hardly understand the person on the PA. And they said, Le Louvre. And I was like, no, I'm waiting for the Louvre. <laughs> <laughs>
2: Oh, okay.
1: <laughs> yeah. And then I was like, oh, the Louvre. That's the Louvre. Anyway, so went into the Louvre. I was in Paris with my college boyfriend, Evan, still a friend. And we went to see, uh, is it Venus de Milo or Venus on the half shell? Not the painting, but the, uh, the Botticelli. statue. Oh,
0: okay. The, where... the, the painting is the Botticelli one. Yes. On the half shell. Okay.
1: And this is
0: where she's missing the arms. I
1: think so. I don't even remember. Okay. But because I I don't have the selfie. Don't know where it is. But Evan and I walked up to it. And I just remember saying to him, like, oh, let's take a picture. Do you want to do one of, like, these? And sort of, like, holding up oh, the you, camera. And you
0: t- invented the selfie. <laughs>
1: invented the sl- no. But that was becoming more de rigueur that people mm. just do this.
0: I'm going to be in this picture.
1: Yeah. Y- yeah. And, like, I'm not even going to ask someone to do it. That's fine. I don't actually need to, like, have it composed in that way. That was just sort of a new ah. thing to all of yeah, us. Yeah. It was like 2006, I think. And yeah, so I just remember that and him being like, yeah, let's do, okay, let's do What? are the, well, we won't be able to see it, but okay, let's do that. <laughs> and then later getting it, and it was mostly our faces and a little bit of- Oh
0: yeah, in the days of like actual film and the camera, I have to send this off later and see how it turned out.
1: I do think it was a digital camera, but the viewfinder would have been away from us.
0: Got it, okay, yeah. so- it, composing it blind
1: yep oh very good um yeah you're right in that way we didn't get the photo back that was probably seconds later but yeah that's my selfie story
0: that's great um, thank you thank you for sharing that
1: so about john edward i've been thinking about john edward a lot since we started talking about him and i i was asking myself what is it that like bothers me so much about this yeah because it is gross to me To pretend, and I'm making an assumption there, Mm -hmm. but to pretend that you're talking to someone's dead relative. But if I have to explain it more than that, if the listener's like, I don't know, it's not gross to me, what do you mean? I was having a really hard time putting my finger on like, what is gross about that? Why is that so bad? Yeah. So, I think I've sort of put a finer point on it. In order to tell you the finer point, I have to tell you something really sad <laughs> come. Um, that that you know. So, my dog Ella, who's fifteen and who I've had since she was one, has been diagnosed with uh, stage two kidney disease. It's a it's a lethal diagnosis. So she's she's in stage two, and there are four stages, and stage two is the healthiest, happiest place we can keep her, and we're going to try to make that as long as possible. Mm-hmm. But, you know, it's really, really sad. And I I see her death coming now. So I've just been thinking about, like, what it is to be in relationship with someone. And I think this is true of humans and non-humans, but what's beautiful for me about my relationship with Ella is that it interrupts my reality. Mm-hmm. I'm stuck in my own head, which is, I think, a particularly busy, heady head. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and there will just be this creature who just enters my scale of vision and says like no there's a whole other world Mm. there's the one I'm in where I'm just walking around on the floor and I'm just like smelling kibble, and I'm just <laughs> glad you're around.
0: Mm-hmm. And if
1: you want to just get on the floor with me and let that be your day, that's a whole reality, too. You don't have to be writing a book. You don't have to be whatever.
0: I would enjoy the floor exercise even better. <laughs> yeah. yeah.
1: And I think there's a version of that in all our relationships where we interrupt each other's reality and say, like, Here's a new way to see things. Mm -hmm. Here's Mm -hmm. a new way to experience the world. And that's so valuable. And it's so unpredictable, which is what's so valuable. You know, you, will you Ross, will say things to me where I'm like, oh, I never thought of it that way, Mm -hmm. you know, or bring in your own experience.
0: And vice versa, yeah.
1: And trusting like, oh, well, I've built this whole relationship with Ross or with Ella, and so this thing is valuable. Then John fucking Edward Mm. walks in in a moment where I've lost Ella and says... I know what she'd interrupt you with. Mm-hmm. I know what she'd offer you. And that- I
0: just met you. I know nothing about you. I didn't even just meet you. You're right. you're here in front of me. <laughs>
1: yeah. And I can assume the thing that's somehow going to make this better for you. Yeah. And-
0: Let me flavor all of your recollections going forward and the last vestige of connection that you have.
1: And now it's going to be almost as loud as my actual memories of Ella. Mm-hmm. And it's going to be, it's not really new information. That's what I want out of my relationships is this like new information, Mm. new experience Mm -hmm. from that being who I've instilled with certain trust. And instead you're taking it, you're stealing it. You're stealing my trust in that person or animal and saying No, 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 that doesn't even matter. Who Mm -hmm. cares? Who cares where it comes from? I have just as much wisdom to give as Ella does. And the
0: most important aspect of this interaction is verifying that I'm for real.
1: Yeah, yeah, then there's that whole thing. Yeah, Yeah, that like, I'm just going to sit here and- That's the real
0: takeaway here is uh, I'm pretty great.
1: (laughs) Right, yeah, that's his takeaway. So anyway, I think that's really, really shitty. (laughs) And- uh,
0: Beautifully put.
1: Oh, thank you.
0: Carrie tells all this as she's holding- ella in her uh, in her hands
1: yeah and she's given me all sorts of information even when she's just pacing around because her kidneys are failing her and she's uncomfortable mm-hmm. yeah so anyway i know kidney disease is, is really common in older animals so there's mm-hmm. probably someone listening to who's like my dog was just diagnosed <laughs> with stage 2 kidney disease so i'm in it with you friends it's really rough But it also probably means your animal lived a long time because it's mostly dogs who are in advanced years.
0: And Ella's just hearing all of this kind of gently looking around.
1: Yeah. She's been the most wonderful companion. Licking mama. And still is. And she's still here. Aren't you? Yes, you are. We're going to enjoy the hell out of you.
0: You're here in front of the mic. You can got anything to say, Ella?
1: Can you hear her licking? Yeah. That's what Ross is usually editing out.
0: <laughs> is Ella licking Carrie's Sounds Ella.
1: jowls? <laughs> <laughs> Sounds of Ella licking. Oh,
0: there was around. a yawn. <laughs> oh.
1: Yeah, she's wonderful.
0: Yeah.
1: So, anyway, John Edward, if you're listening, maybe just cut it out.
0: Yeah, maybe don't. You have a
1: $3.5 million mansion. Retire. You're good. Yeah,
0: stop it. I mean, you've got more copies of Final Beginnings to give out. So. <laughs> <laughs> the world Touché. needs that, but otherwise, Touché. you can cease and desist. <laughs> You. Well, uh, I think that says it better than any rating or other final statements can. That Aww. thanks for uh, thanks for thinking that out.
1: Oh sure, yeah, no problem. Yes, thank you very much. I am Ella. This is my voice. <laughs> Has Ella spoken on the show before? Oh yeah, she I think must so. have. Yeah. yeah, yeah,
0: that is how Ella talks.
1: Yeah, for anybody who doesn't know, that's her voice.
0: <laughs> All right. Well, if anything pertinent comes up, we'll let you know. But otherwise, uh, that's it for our John Edwards series.
1: John Edward, woo! And but also. Boo! <laughs> Woo, boo! Are they saying Burns or boo earns? <laughs> <laughs>
0: Ah, The sentence. So good. But yes, if you are listening, John Edward, uh, you are welcome on the show. Let's have a conversation. Oh my God, please. We're into it. Uh, well, that's it for our show. Our theme music is by Brian Keith Dalton.
1: This episode was edited by Victor Figueroa.
0: Our administrative manager is Ian Kramer.
1: You can support this and all our investigations by going to maximumfund.org forward slash join.
0: Yes, please. And thank you. You can also support us by leaving a positive review wherever you found this podcast. You can tell a friend.
1: Tell your dead loved ones. Oh, wait. That won't help us.
0: <laughs> and remember.
3: Hey everybody, I'm John Edward and welcome to Evolve. It is September, 2021. So thank you guys for watching. And it is the shadow of Mercury retrograde. So you know what that means, retrograde, review, retrospect, all the RE words, redo, renew, reuse, reflect, all the RE words. And you look at the planet that it's retrograding in, Mercury, the astrologers tell us that's the planet of communication. So contracts, communication, negotiations, all of that, travel. Double and triple check. Um, make sure you're backing all your devices up. Fun stuff like that.
1: Hey there! Quick favor to ask: Will you help us out by taking a five-minute survey at maximumfund.org/survey? As you know, most of the support for MaxFun comes directly from folks like you, but many of our shows and our network also rely on limited advertising for some revenue. This survey helps us attract advertisers that are a good fit for the audiences of our shows, and it helps many of our hosts secure a bit of extra income. It should only take a few minutes to complete, and you'll get a discount at Maxfund store when you do. That's MaximumFun.org survey. Thanks. I'm you. I'm Lisa Hanawalt. And I'm Emily Heller. Nine years ago, we started a podcast to try and learn something new every episode. Things have gone a little off the rails since then. <laughs> Tune in to hear about... Low stakes neighborhood drama. Gardening. The sordid, nasty underbelly of the horse girl lifestyle. Hot sauce. Addiction to TV and sweaty takes on celebrity culture. And the weirdest, grossest stuff you can find on wikipedia.org. We'll read all of it, no matter how gross. <laughs> There's something for everyone on our podcast, Baby Geniuses. Hosted by us, two horny adult idiots. Hang out with us as we try and fail to retain any knowledge at all. Every other week on Maximum Fun.
3: MaximumFun.org. Comedy and culture. Artist owned. Audience supported.